So, sexual healer. Oh, Jack Baldwin's protege. Ooh. <laughs> and uh, one of the world's greatest battery salesmen, Scott Sharp. If you could describe this lunch we just had in one word, what would it be? Oh, it's got to be one word? Well, what do you got? It's whatever you Three got. Three words. All okay, right. Oh, all right. I'm Scott Sharp, Fun, I say. intuitive, and intriguing. Okay. That was really, like, you really professional. You were way too much of a salesman like that, that was way too clean like i could see the tv framing I, I in that. like buy my <laughs> and now for dinner with racers presented by continental tire with your hosts ryan eversley and sean heckman placeholder radio Welcome to another edition of Dinner with Racers. I'm Ryan Eversley. Hey, I'm Sean Heckman. And we are currently driving back to Atlanta after finishing up a 25,000-mile road trip. 25,000 miles. Yeah, crazy, right? Well, let's wrap it up. Okay. On this trip, we've been fortunate enough to sit down with uh, IndyCar drivers. We have. Sports car drivers. We have. NASCAR drivers. We have. And wouldn't it be great if we sat down with somebody who's driven all of those? Can Can we do that? I, it's possible. Is that, what we did, is that what we did today? We did that We today. did that today with Scott Sharp. We did that with Scott Sharp. Scott Sharp mm-hmm. is a legend of the Trans Am Series, a mm-hmm. two-time champ, as well as a multiple-time race winner in IndyCar. He is a Daytona 24-hour overall winner twice. Twice. And he is also a Sebring 12-hour winner twice. Twice. The guy has won the 36 hours of Florida two times. It's pretty remarkable. Yikes. But also ran a very successful team called Extreme Speed Motorsports before transitioning out of motorsports and into his current line of work, which is in the telehealth industry. Having said all of that, here are some of the things we're going to cover with Scott. The importance of college roommates. Winning the lottery of sponsorships. Actually validating Jack Baldwin's stories. And one additional thing we want to make clear is he does speak about his current company. We are not a paid affiliate. This is just Scott talking about what Scott's doing. And just like we do in all of our episodes, we let Scott have his form. And you know where that company is, Ryan? I believe they're down in Stewart, Florida. Yeah, there's a wonderful restaurant called Sailor's Return. Yeah, right on the water. Beautiful view of all those yachts. Yachts. And uh, people jogging. Yep. And birds. Quaint little place. It was really nice. What did you have? I had the chicken salad sandwich on a croissant. Oh. And a uh, and I had a little side of, uh, I don't want to brag, but I had a little side of uh, coleslaw. I had a chicken sandwich, but like I really did. I, I actually didn't see yours. I, it, it had uh, bacon yeah. and cheese. Oh, and, I did see yours. Yeah, I did bacon have bacon. And cheese. I ate with yeah. a knife and fork again. You did. Yeah, well, Scott Sharp's fancy. Hey, he is. Yeah. This was our last journey for this trip before we headed home, but uh, it felt like it was the first because this Acura MDX yeah. just uh, keeps on trucking. Right, it does, because it's got the original motor oil in it. Right. Not the original motor oil, but like the original motor oil. The brand. Yes. Which is Valvoline. It is Valvoline. Right. Right. And it came on Continental Tires. It did. But we added more Continental Tires. We had so many Continental Tires on this car. I mean, it's like the most you can get. You know who's won on Continental Tires? Scott Sharp. Yeah. Haley Castroneves. Don't let them pull me over, man. I can't go back. That's the weirdest plug ever. Yeah. Enjoy, Scott Sharp. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. Whichever you want. Whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, make yeah, it yeah, easy. No yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> but we waste no time, so put that on. Yeah, right so, into it. Yeah, yeah. When was the last time you drove something? 
Last time I drove, well, I, I, we've sold a couple cars. Yeah. Like a, and so I sh shook some down, tested yeah. on them. But yeah. last race was uh, Petite at the end of 18. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because right. yeah. 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 I see that somebody bought one of the Patron cars, uh, one of the open top cars, and they're running that in HSR. Yeah. And then a buddy of mine, Eric Foss, he works with... Uh, I can't remember the guy's name now. He bought one of the the Ligiers. Okay. But I think he put a put something else in the back of it. Yeah. It's like a crate motor they, or a Gibson or something maybe. The guy, someone else drives it though or owns it, right? Yeah, And he yeah. just, yeah, I think yeah. I know the name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't think of the guy's name now. They're at Daytona right now. Oh, really? Yeah. But he bought he bought one of the Ligiers and they put a Gibson in the back of it. That's right. Yeah. And they yeah. put like ABS on it. Yeah. Wow. Pierce. Pierce. Uh, yes, yes. Pierce Marshall. Marshall. Yeah, 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 exactly yeah, yeah. right. He's yeah. a good guy. Yeah, nice he guy. is. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm surprised I haven't roped you into driving that or the uh, the open top. The, the ARX. Yeah, the, the guy uh, was going to have me drive the, because actually my old shop foreman, Ricky mm -hmm. Capone, mm -hmm. handles, yep. you know, okay, yeah. he handles off and on. Yeah. The guy's prep on that. So sure. we've talked a few times, but it just hasn't really happened yeah. yet. But it'd be fun. Yeah, for sure. So, that's a great car, too. It's so yeah. predictable, and it's an awesome car to drive. We so. sat down with uh, Dario probably like three years ago now, or ten years ago. It's yeah. all blurring at this point. But he said that the, the ARX was like the best car he ever drove. Totally. You know, it was like the best. He said like Sebring Turn one was like flat. Like oh, yeah. Road Atlanta was like insane. It's awesome. Yeah, had so much down for right, us. Right. And what the best thing about? It, I don't know what you, you like the rain or you don't like the rain. So I never ever ever claim to like the rain because I think the guy that does that biffs it the next <laughs> the next session. Yeah. But I've had really good success in the rain. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Statistically, I've done well in it. Same so, with yeah. me. It's funny you get in that car was amazing because yeah. always had just a little understeer. Yeah, yeah. So you knew and with the TC in the back, yeah. you knew exactly where right. the car was. You could just drive the piss out right. of it in the rain. Right. Then we went and got a Liget. Yeah. And it was fr tail happy to begin with. <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah. Alone the rain, yeah. it was like the rain sucks yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that cool, was man. was Petit 2018 the last time you were in a car? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's it. So just cold turkey. Yeah. Well, you know, it's. I mean, we can record if you want. Or oh, no, we're all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, had just an amazing run with Patron. You know, yeah. it was really just insane. I was with them for 14 years, which you know, with sponsors, you never have that. Yeah. So, and they really allowed us to do things at a pretty right level yeah you know and so um we sort of knew because obviously ed brown who became a good friend of mine one of our drivers and obviously a huge supporter being the ceo and part owner of patron and we knew they were talking about selling to bacardi but that took so long to happen and it always was hoped that they would continue on it was i was 18 was the last year of our agreement anyway and uh and they you know bacardi started pulling out of a lot of different things in racing and they just didn't want to continue so um and you know i, I smelled around trying to see if i could partner up with somebody I had some drivers that had some you know the usual deal a little bit of sponsorship money could we patch this together and eventually and I've always been very entrepreneurial and I was uh, building some student housing complexes while I was doing the last few years of the racing and um, just finally got to the point you know I've been incredibly blessed had amazing luck of experience and people and races and I was just ready for the next chapter and yeah. also when you run at that level for so long <laughs> and I loved our team yeah, you know, right. a great yeah. group of guys but right. it's a big number you know it ended yeah. up being, to run yeah. two cars ended yeah. up being a, a you know, yeah. deal yeah what was, so. if you don't mind what was the like the rough budget for a two car P2 car at that point to do it right yeah. with testing and everything I mean it's over eight figures <laughs> Hell, and, yeah, I, and I right, really think yeah, that's yeah. the problem yeah. with racing right now. You know, right. it's just, and it's funny. Yeah, that's I, prototype racing. <laughs> right, like, like right. We're not talking NASCAR or IndyCar. Right, that's right, the right, problem. Right. It's yeah, funny, yeah. you know, like I grew up and I was early on racing Trans Am, right? right. And, and I remember vividly, 
I was trying to come up with uh, Rainex was my sponsor yeah. for like three hundred or three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Right. And at the time, huge numbers. You, know, you, got, right. you could get well, Chevy paid for part of it, but yeah, you know, but you could justify that based off of all the little sponsor reports and stuff that you know double the exposure for the price you get. But that's sort of what back to then the, the bare metrics were. You know, it's like we could double or triple the exposure based on what you put in. Now you fast forward to where we I just was, you know, a few years ago, and you're talking the kind of numbers I'm talking about, right. and you're getting a tenth of the exposure. Right. You know, it's just so Wait. flipped. So is, that is, is, is the really problem difficult. that the advertising numbers have changed or is the problem that now there's real data so you can't lie? <laughs> no, I think uh, I think a lot of things. In my mind, it's uh, one, viewership's just way down in sports in general. And certainly when you talk about, you know, in, in our kind of, the sports car type world, you know, it's just so in the, in the whole mobile apps and people just being able to on demand find the results they want. You know, they're not glued to their TVs anymore. And so I think you've just seen ratings for all that stuff is just so down at the same sort of meteoric level that costs have continued to rise and it's just gotten so out of balance. You know, I have a 12 year old son who is really ripping it up in go karts. And, you know, really, I think, we'll see, you know, a lot of kids are good at go-karts and they end up never getting to go anywhere, whether it's funding or talent or whatever it is, so who knows. But we're having, that's sort of what I do uh, if I have any involvement in racing right now is having some fun with him. But, um, you know, you start to think forward a little bit, and I, I don't know about you, but I've seen so many people that have tried to go down that sort of open-wheel path of Ford 2000, Star Mazda, or whatever the latter, you know, presently is, and it's just so hard to get there. Yeah, and it's definitely watered down now with so many different uh, leagues, you know, like, I, I was, we were just talking to AJ Allmendinger, like, a couple weeks ago, uh, sorry, a week ago, it feels like <laughs> months ago, um, and uh, we were, we were kind of dis- discussing how it used to be, like, F2000 and Star Mazda, and yeah. then you either went to Atlantics or Indy Lights, and right. that was, like, it, and now there's, like, so many different things yeah. that it's hard to actually know who's worth the crap or not, exactly. because you're like, well, that guy won, but, like, who's in that league versus this one right yeah and the exposure on all of them were really low so it's not like you're like expecting owners to be paying attention because there's 15 series to watch exactly yeah so. it, it, but it, it's funny because yeah just that that whole uh the one thing about the ladder system in europe it does seem to the, yeah, the cream rises to the top exactly and the right. top guys that come out of yeah. those last couple series before an f1 or yeah. f2 or whatever yep. yep you know they're good yeah it produces for sure and and so yeah. uh, anyway so my son you know not to get on a tangent about that but so we pretty popular around here in Florida. You could find mm-hmm. road courses, but in carts, you could find a lot of ovals. Yeah, right. And so he's pretty much, when he comes with me, yeah. it's all ovals, so yeah. whether it's asphalt or dirt. Mm-hmm. And there still seems to be a bit of a structured ladder. Sure, there's a truck you could get in that or a late model, yeah, a right. legend car. I mean, there's a variety of things, mm-hmm. but pretty much you showcase yourself in some of those. It seems like you have a more of yeah. a runway yep. to go somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Versus you see a guy who go tears up Formula 2000, he doesn't have the sponsorship for the next year. It almost yeah, doesn't right. matter what you yeah, did last right, year. Right, yeah. right, it shouldn't right, be that way. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. so it seems so unfair. It's just the whole cost versus exposure thing right. seems yeah. to be so out of whack. Well, yeah. So now that you're a go-kart dad, um, <laughs> uh, so your dad helped you get going. Yeah. Um, where, where, what's your, every dad has a different philosophy on, on if they have the capacity to help their kid going, where, what's your philosophy on cutting off and go fend for yourself? <clears throat> hmm. Uh, good question. I don't think I fully oh, ascertained okay. that. Well, let's yeah. get to the bottom. Of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But thanks let's, for asking. Let's it's ruin his Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Think about He's like, Dad, I thought I was good. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to cut him off now. Yeah. Right. I don't really know, but uh, yeah. you know, his, his mom uh, is, is a bit into racing, and so he splits his time between California and here, and he does a lot of the tag type racing, the Rock Cup or whatever he's been doing out there. And I just, you know, you see those kids, and from everything I hear, you know, they're going down the path we were just talking about. You know, like how do I get that next step to go to a Formula 2000 car or whatever. And, and you just know that dwindling numbers that get to go the next step after that, the next step after that. And you better have a big bankroll of money no matter, I think, how good you are. 
And so I'm actually, you know, people look at me like, wow, with your whole background, why would you be doing that? But I'm really steering him towards the oval track route. Yeah, I just think yeah. there's more of a longer-term job opportunity yeah. if he can prove himself in those things. And who knows right. if he can. Right. You know, maybe he just happens to be decent at a go-kart, but maybe when you jump up to a late model or something, yeah. you're not as comfortable or as good or whatever. So we'll see. With the budgets being as high as they are and the return on investment <laughs> from the viewership and, and things like that, we're big believers that it takes somebody like an Ed Brown who has a vested interest because he's getting to play too. Right. Would he have signed off on a deal like that if he was just just a sponsor? Well, he started without. Right. But right. it wasn't nearly at those dollar levels. Exactly. Right. 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 Associate sponsorship. Yes. And yes. he always loved cars and wanted to get involved. Yeah. So it was certainly I don't I, I could say with you know certainty that if. Uh, it would never have lasted the length it lasted <laughs> yeah. if he wasn't intimately involved sure, and, and sure. a humongous car fan. And, yeah. you know, he's a, obviously, from what he's all accomplished, a hell of a marketer. Yeah. And he just really understood the tie right. and how to really activate yeah. uh, whatever company, I think, that, it, that, he, that he would be in if he wanted to go apply it to a certain sport. Right. And that was, I think, one of the things that made it justifiable to them. Yeah. But uh, if it wasn't for him, I think it would have been a couple, two or three sure, years right. out, like yeah. most of them are. Well, so. you just identified something that I think isn't talked about enough. We talk about it a yeah. lot on our deal. But um, so before Ed was driving, Ed Brown, of course, being the at the time the main guy behind Tequila Patron. Right. And he was always a car guy, always a yeah. race fan. So, uh, so you made you said something that no one has ever said before, which I really like, which is he figured out a way to make the marketing work. The marketing didn't work for him. Right. right. You see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Pe- like somebody's only going to sponsor motorsport right now, at that level. At that level, yeah. because they want to be there. Right. Like, it, right. there is no sheet of paper that just says this makes sense mm-hmm. by itself. Mm-hmm. Right. So it takes a guy like that, and this is the thing we keep going back to. Like, if people, even if they're not driving as a gentleman driver, mm-hmm. if they are not going to put money into the sport purely on marketing value. Right. They have to want to be here. Totally. Start, you know, so. two, two thoughts on that. First is, yeah. um, and not to talk too out of school, but you know, yeah. you're spending a pretty good hunk of the marketing yeah. budget on this racing right. program. This isn't right. Formula One. This right. isn't NASCAR right. or something. And it, you know? now at the time, was it completely private too? Like it was Ed's company, he could do what he wanted? Uh, well, John Paul DeJoria, okay, right, he right, owns right. the majority, or owned okay, the majority copy, of it, copy, and okay. Ed had a piece right, of it. Right, there's no so. publicly no, anything. No, not enough. They deal with shareholders or anything. Right, or some big conglomerate company. But still, I think that he got a lot of feedback. There's certainly people within his organization, yeah. whether it's the sales marketing side, they're saying, hey, all that money, man, I could be doing all these promotions in each city, or yeah. hey, we could be doing 10 more billboards, or yeah, you know, all right. these Absolutely. TV commercials. Right. So there had to be a way to justify it. And, and being a good marketing guy, and so creative the way he looked at things, he just figured out how to have the Club Patrons there, and have the uh, the customer sampling what you're sponsoring, and and uh, and just all the other in-market stuff. I mean, it, just, it was extensive, the amount that they really, with his direction applied their investment right. to help but this promote. is purely driven by the fact he wanted to do it and, and that was going to be my second yeah. point okay. you know that's yeah, yeah. when we talk like we we're just talking about my son and you look around you know i mean it, it you know obviously anybody that owns a team has some pretty good cash if you're looking at a who owns an IndyCar team yeah, or who owns I mean, a nascar team alone. Right? Yeah, but yeah. you really look at i think most of the sports cars and you're either got it's 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 a guy that's got a serious net worth that loves the racing and otherwise he'd be owning a sailboat and racing the sailboat or a horse and you know horse racing and that's wonderful but at the same time it makes it very difficult for the driver situation right you need that guy to come along and bankroll things or you could be the next michael schumacher and it's not going anywhere sadly right yeah so yeah, I think when you look at the Patron program, the one thing that sports car racing, especially IMSA, does have going for it is 
Daytona, Sebring, Petit Le Mans, they're parties. You yeah. know what I mean? The yeah. race doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so yeah. if you have an alcohol company, yeah, that helps a lot. <laughs> it's a too. great yeah. thing. <laughs> and they did, like you said, a very good job with the Patron tents and having the sampling there. Patron girls, the guys had wraps on other cars that were racing in other support right. series and stuff. And so, yeah, it made, it, I could see why it would work from that side, even if the TV numbers weren't what they could be yeah. in other forms. And it was sort of fun because when we started to do the WEC, they were also, they really weren't very global. Uh-huh. And so they were just rolled out. I mean, I'll think about the, the potential market sizes. Yeah. So yeah. they actually like launched in China when we went to race in China. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they really pushed into Japan. They probably were already there, but pushed in Japan in a hard way. Mm-hmm. And, and they're so fanatical about the racing over there. Yeah. That, you know, they used the event to really push that. So yeah. they were smart in yeah. tying it in even more ways right to market. Right. The story goes that you met Ed Brown because your college roommate was Bill Swedler? Yeah. And, and you were... And Bill Swedler is like yeah. a long-time funded gentleman driver yeah. in the sport, right. but, but he's very revered. Yeah, and also a uh, very successful businessman. Right. He was like the guy behind Joe Boxer yep. And, yep. and several yep. other things. And so you guys were college roommates? Yeah, college roommates. He was the best man at my first wedding. Yeah. And... Uh, Always liked racing. You know, he, we, we went to school in Boston. We were both from the next town over each other in Connecticut. And so I would go, I was racing at the time, you know, uh, I guess in college. The first couple of years it was uh, amateur SCCA stuff. And then the last couple of years I started to jump up to professionals. But anyway, I would test it like Lime Rock or something. And he would drive down and check it out. And I think he did a Skippy school or something. And he started to become, you know, pretty interested in the driving. And so, I don't know, maybe he did a few other lapping days or things. He always has like a, a pretty performance car or something. So he did something like that. And then... Uh, he, I think he went to some kind of big charity event and met Ed. And Ed had talked about how they had tried NASCAR and it didn't really work and they didn't think that was really their market and yada, 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 but loved racing. He's like, hey, you got to meet Scott. So he set that whole thing up, which right. is pretty storybook. Right. So you end up getting like a 14-year partnership out of one of the biggest spirit companies out there <laughs> yeah. because of your uh, your roommate from college. Who's, who's a good salesman. Who, who, good salesman <laughs> and also love for the sport as well. Because if he didn't care about racing, oh, he might have said, yeah. oh, well, sucks. Yeah, yeah. You know, good luck with whatever you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you can't plan for that. No, no. Those are, <laughs> There's no like, you're going to meet this guy one day. Those you know are what I mean? uh, big gifts, for right. sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty cool, though. I like that backstory stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. What was Sweeter like in college? Because he's fun now. <laughs> oh, I don't know yeah, if I, I can say talk this far out of school. Here's a great one. Yeah. So uh, I was a sophomore. He was a year ahead of me, yeah. and I had gotten through my – I met him at, at, at this organizational behavior class. We were BAPS in college up in Boston, yeah. full business school, undergrad kind of thing. No more liberal arts. Let's get right to the business thing, <laughs> right? And so uh, – and he'd been out at Boulder. So you know what that's all about, yeah, right? Yeah. And so uh, he came back. We met in OB together, and uh, and we just hit it off. And I didn't really like the roommate I'd been assigned to yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, hey, why don't, why don't you move in with me next semester? So I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll move off campus. Great. Right. So I show up. You know, I hardly know the guy. I don't even know where I'm living. Show up at this apartment, and it's like super, it's super Bowl. Okay. You know, right around the time yeah. you know, you're going back to school. And so a bunch of the other foreign students. He really got on with the foreign guys really yeah, well. Yeah. They're all in, in one of the one of the halls and they're all ripping it up and we're back in our apartment and the guy who he had leased uh, that we had previously rented the place still had a bunch of stuff there. Uh-huh. So Bill just decides he's getting you know a little crazy <laughs> and all of a sudden these things are just going off the fourth story balcony. Yeah, like yeah. his TV. <laughs> I'm like, what am I getting myself into like day here? One. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is going to be interesting. But yeah, no, as it yeah. turned out, he was great. We had a lot of fun together. So <laughs> And lived with each other for a couple more years. Right. All right. Uh, well, actually, on the on the Patron stuff, and then we'll go, go yeah. back. So uh, just because we're kind of on that theme a little bit, um, the Bacardi buyout, uh, is it just in terms of real work stuff? Uh, the Bacardi buyout is also another good example I like to always bring up that as soon as a company like Patron, which had sort of the 
fleet-footedness enough of having just a small management group that could say, we're going to go racing and this is what we're going to do. The second you go to a much bigger organization, whether they go public or they get bought out by somebody like Bacardi, who has a much larger management structure, this is almost never good when, this, when it yeah. applies to racing because <laughs> yeah. that, that very thing of having one guy in Ed Brown saying, we're going to make this work and I'm going to figure right. it out. The second it gets kicked up to a board, Suddenly that's going to go committee. away. Yeah, right. right, right, right. right. And, and racing is a very hard sell to a committee or Absolutely. a group of shareholders. Absolutely. Especially so. if you don't have the justifiable numbers to say, hey, you mean you're going to spend $2 right. million and you're going to get 20 back or right, something right, like that. Right, it's right. very hard to pull that off. Yeah, because we've seen this literally in every example <laughs> yeah. of a company like Patron. As soon as you sell out, that's that. Yeah, so, yeah. All right. Well, you mentioned Bill Sweedler. Um, so let, let's, let's talk early days, Scott. We're not really a racing show as much as we are. Uh, in the sense, like, we'll talk some racing, but we'll do a lot of off-the-track stuff, too. Sure. Um, but, uh, you know, I would say most of our fan base is road racing-oriented, so I'm sure most people are familiar with your story and your dad. Uh, but not everyone is. So you you come from a racing family. Your dad, Bob Sharp, was really, really big in SCCA. And, and so kind of where did this all start? Uh, well, I grew up going to racetracks, obviously. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> I think my mom started taking me when I was, like, six months old. And I was a little kid trying to, you know, polish wheels and help my dad's team and stuff. He had his own shop. Because so as soon as you were born, dad there. was a racing guy. Yeah. Right. And uh, fortunately, I had a go-kart track that was about less than a mile from my house. Yeah. It was a little, you know, little parking lot type racetrack. But anyway, it just was there all the time. And as much as he was around when he wasn't racing, uh, we tried to, you know, actively pursue that. And then um, he had a lot of old cars just from my one in the team laying around. I had this 280Z that started as a 240Z that... My dad had driven, then Paul Newman had driven, and then literally my friends and I would play in it in my basement. It was inside our basement. And uh, he's like, why don't you drive that thing? And so they, they pulled it out, and they went through it, rehabbed it a little bit. And then I went out and just loved the car. It was yeah. a, you know, one of those cars we talked about, just so predictable yeah, and easy yeah. and to drive. And when you say 280Z, Datsun. Datsun. Yeah, yeah you got to say Datsun. You can't say Nissan right, right. anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I won my first championship that year with it, uh, the runoffs or whatever you want to call it. And uh, and then from there, uh, he still had a Trans Am team with, uh, with with Newman. So I was able to, it was fortunate because I could jump up to the next class or next steps with them because I had enough cars laying around. Right. And, and when you say Newman, you mean Ryan Newman, right? <laughs> Paul Newman. Yeah. Paul Newman. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so your dad was... If, I don't know if partnered is the right word, but your well, yeah, dad and Paul yeah, Newman were... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Newman yeah. 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 yeah, So, What was your impression of him as a kid? Yeah, well, I grew up around him. He yeah. used to come to some of my go-kart tracks, and I would, like, follow them all around. Yeah. You know, he's totally awesome guy. Yeah. You know, normal, just... Yeah. Lo- Every like same thing. Dude. Like I always yeah. looked at. I didn't know movie stars I'd never or anything. Seen a movie with him in it. Yeah, but exactly. then you'd see these women that would exactly. practically, yeah. literally throw themselves yes. at right. him. Yeah. I right, mean, right, right. Yes. Like, and this is just like, like Uncle Paul. What are these people doing? Yeah. Right, right, right. And, right. And then you start to realize, okay, there's something more significant yeah. about this guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Had yeah. anyone ever explained to you like he's not just a racing guy? Oh, my dad tried to, but I didn't. <laughs> right. but I didn't know enough it. about the movies. I didn't care. Right. I was like enamored with him because he was driving the car my dad was working on. You know, and I want to be a driver. Exactly. Yeah. I had no idea. So what was his take with you? Was he like? trying to get you to do whatever you wanted no he he was all about the racing okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he followed me in in, in uh, uh the go-karts a little yeah. bit i did pretty good in the go-karts but that doesn't as we just talked sure, about yeah. mean a whole lot necessarily and then yeah. when i jumped up into that 280z mm-hmm. and did pretty well yeah then we actually did a few races together yeah and we did a couple trans am races as teammates together yeah and i think he figured i had some pretty good talent so at that point it was just like yeah do what you gotta Pushing do man you. yeah that's yeah. super cool yeah and then how was your dad with your racing was he you know, was he giving you your room or was he like a little league dad? Uh, no, he was always really good. Uh, early on, you know, he was very, you know, on it. And yeah. uh, my dad's funny. He uh, he never wanted me to have aspirations for like anything beyond SCCA. Okay. And just felt like, and I'm like always like strange because we you know we 
that could easily happen if yeah. I was did well. If you're doing well so there, I didn't yeah. quite understand. And he's like, look, I, I just see too many people that don't uh, ever get to go where they want, mm -hmm. where they have their goals at, and racing's yeah. so difficult yeah. that I don't want you to be disappointed. So don't be like, I gotta be an IndyCar driver yeah. or I yeah. gotta be whatever. Yeah. You know, I mean, if it ends up taking you there, great. And I think he, you know, he came from such an older era. My dad won like 15 out of 17 races, yeah, you right, know, and, right, right, and yeah. it was all about that to him. Yeah, right. yeah. So <laughs> well, in that era, SCCA. <laughs> was arguably way bigger than it is now in terms of yeah. like if you won an SCCA yeah, what a like you were a real deal. Series. Right, That's why. right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and your dad was like a six-time national champion right, yeah. which back right. then was like a huge deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mr. Right. Dotson. Yeah, yeah exactly. right. You know? Exactly. Right. So. All right, so the so you win a couple SCCA runoffs. Yeah. And college is over. Um, yeah. so now you can go be a be a full-time pro. And you know, I would say your your name really really shows up when when the Trans Am stuff happens. So we uh, we talked to an old friend. <laughs> uh, what is your take on how you first very first time you ever met Jack Baldwin? <laughs> uh, funny uh, character for sure. Sure. Uh, so the very first meeting. Very I'm first curious meeting. If, with it, Jack. if your story is the same as his. Uh, well, I met Jack when he was driving the school car. Right, oh, the old oh, school yeah. Trans Am. I think oh, here we go. There's a couple different. Oh, I had just oh, there's a couple variations. A, no, yeah, no, yeah, I gotta yeah, remember what there. was. Yeah, you, were, you were going there. I right. had just rolled a car <laughs> at Sebring. At Sebring. Yep. It was on my roof, yeah. <laughs> freaking out because right. my dad had put this car together that I think me and Paul could drive that weekend in the support race. Yeah, you know, like a big step up for me, you know, like supporting Sebring. <laughs> and I don't know what I did, but uh, I think it was what turn 12. I think it was what that right. That's the right hander, right under the the, the squiggly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't. know, Somehow I hooked the inside of the corner and I just flipped the thing. And I'm standing there upside down in the car with Paul like <laughs> next to me. And he rolls up, he goes, don't worry about it. Just get in the car, I'll give you a ride back. I'm like, really? I go, I'm like crying over here. <laughs> I'm like, my dad's gonna kill me. <laughs> and he's like, ah, it always happens. And yeah, that, that was my first recollection. Of, and I didn't really know who he was. And then right, like two right. or three years later, we ended up being teammates. Yeah. That is 100% his story. Okay, so that yeah, might be yeah. the first time Jack Baldwin's story <laughs> lines up. Was very lined up exactly. <laughs> it was way bigger. Probably, yeah, probably yeah. right. Exactly. So you end up being teammates with him in Trans Am, and uh, we found out that you guys had a, had a nickname for each other, or basically other people had a nickname for you guys. Yeah. He was fine with it. Yeah. I'm drawing a blank. Oh, Batman okay. and Robin? Oh, yeah. I guess there was that. Yeah. I think Jack liked that nickname better than I did. You know, that, that, <laughs> yeah. that tracks. No, yeah. one, no one wants to be Robin. <laughs> exactly. And apparently you want And he you, thought he was Batman. Right, so. right. He literally <laughs> said that. Yeah. yeah. He said he had his arm around you. You were looking in the mirror in the trailer, and you were mad that people were calling you Robin. And he's like, you can't be Batman. You can't be Batman, buddy. Yeah. That's so Jack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Immediately we were like, yeah, yeah that, that's, that, adds that's, up. that adds up on his side <laughs> for sure. He claims, and I've never heard this before, that people called you Biff. I don't know. They did for a while. I'm not yeah. sure how that came about. Yeah, though. and he didn't really have a reason other yeah, than, other like, than like, he said you were preppy. Yeah, yeah, coming from Connecticut, being a little yeah. Northeast boy, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You did have phenomenal hair from the get-go. I think we should address this <laughs> yes, pretty quickly. Let's get, let's get to the bottom of this. There's a photo of you. I think it's at Road Atlanta in front of the podium, and you're, like, leaning on the on the, on the the race car, and it's just, like, glorious mane. Massive hair. Yeah. Like, too thick and all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that lasts. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's thinner for sure. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys were pretty much class of the field there for a couple of years. And, and again, this is Jack's take that he, he loved it when you beat him. But when you beat him – when he beat you. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, when yeah. he beat you, he, he you didn't like it at I all. I was pissed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's real. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I guess I expected to beat him because sure. I had a first Well, because you should have been Batman. Yeah. I, that's I'm right. I'm Batman. Batman. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it, it was, yeah, it was, it was fun. The first year we had uh, AER, American Equipment Race, for yeah. three years. Yeah. And the first year we just got on a tear and won a whole bunch of races in the championship. Uh -huh. And then the second year he won. 
yeah. then the third year I won. So yeah. after you got through the first year and had a pretty butt-kicking year, yeah. you sort of figure you're going to keep beating your teammate, yeah, right? right? And also when he's beating me, I wasn't so happy about yeah, it. Right. Right. Well, I probably was, could have been a little more mature in the way I handled it as well. But yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but like how old are you, like 23, 24? Uh, let me see. That was 91, so I was 23. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. And this old man, yeah. like there's yeah. no like way you should lose to him. Or right. 42 yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that yeah. is yeah. old yeah. when Ancient. you're 23. Ancient. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, arguably Trans Am was much higher profile then than oh. it would be now. But still at the time, like Trans Am guys didn't necessarily translate to anything other than other sports car categories. Like was this the career move for you? Like, were you always looking at IndyCar stuff? Well, it's funny because I, I got really lucky. Uh, Herb Fischel, do you remember him? Yeah, yeah, yeah for he, sure. He and I got on really well, and he really took me under his yeah, wing. Yeah, that champion at the factory. <laughs> yeah, yep. absolutely. Yep. And so, uh, right around, I guess, my second year, so I was with the, the Chevy Broken for for three years, and uh, um, he came to me and goes, okay, well, I'm you know, I'm willing to help you take the next step. Do you mm -hmm. want to go NASCAR racing, or do you want to go IndyCar racing? Yeah. yeah. In hindsight, Messed I didn't make the bad. right decision. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, in 1994, <laughs> right? Yeah, what the hell, man? I don't know. I don't know. I grew up, uh, you know, tagging along with my dad and Paul Newman all the any car races. Yeah, right? right. It was Michael and Mario Andretti. Yeah, I'm smelling that methanol. Those awesome yeah. sounds. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I would do anything yeah. to get in an yeah. Indy car. At the time, Indy car looked pretty cool. And, well, they hadn't yeah. split yet, yeah, right, and they were sort right. of doing pretty good, yeah. and they were about on the same page. <laughs> and I was like, and my dad was never much of an NASCAR guy. Right. You know, he's always, like, oh, it's down south. Yeah, da, 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 right, da. Right. And so I don't think, honestly, no, no one foresaw the massive national growth that. NASCAR would have yeah, right, in the, right. the early 90s. And, sure. and yeah. so, I mean, TV ratings, I think at the time, weren't that far apart right, between IndyCar right. and NASCAR. So it wasn't really one was much substantially bigger than the other. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I remember I went to a couple of Chevy functions at like the Talladega and stuff. And, you know, I liked it. I just didn't necessarily see myself in that. And so, but I, I'd grown up around the IndyCar stuff. So, and I was always just dying to drive an IndyCar. So uh, he made some connections and allowed me to do a test and I got a little bit of money from Rainax to do the first race with Tony Bettenhausen's team out at Laguna at the end of my 93 season and uh, then sort of somehow caught the attention of the West guys and that wasn't maybe the best scenario but it got me into IndyCars and and uh, so it was a crazy challenge. Like, I would never recommend anybody doing a transition like that again. Yeah, but okay, that's a big jump. <laughs> I mean, and I had yeah, yeah. no clue. Yeah. Because yeah, I yeah. was one of the guys in Indy, well, for, in Trans Am car, you know, buy supply tires, yeah. no downforce. Yeah. I was the deepest of the deep breakers. Get that thing rotated and just stand on the gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no one, I never raced an oval, I never raced an open wheel car in my life. Yeah. So I never even knew about downforce. So I went in an Indy car and I started driving it the same way, right? And that's not how you drive an Indy car. You know? Right. I remember Bobby Rahal about halfway through my first year because he was still driving. And he's like, kid, you got to stop driving that thing like a Trans Am car. I'm like, what's that mean? <laughs> like, well, give me a little more. Right. <laughs> there were some it tracks you could run. get away pretty good, like on a street circuit or something. Right, you could drive right, an right. IndyCar like that. Yeah, yeah. But you get into these higher uh, speed corners, and if you, and you're not carrying speed in the corner, then you're just you're you're done. So uh, it took me a while to learn that, to be honest. And uh, and of course, I never knew ovals at all. So combine those two things, and it was like, wow, that's an eye opener. But uh, anyway, I fortunately figured my way out through some of those years, and uh, it worked out. Yeah. So you say the PacWest year wasn't necessarily your best. Uh, what, 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 was, what was the struggle with that team? Because, yeah, the results in that year weren't specifically good, and that was obviously when you were doing road racing versus when you went to IRL, which was almost all oval. Yeah. Uh, jumped at the opportunity. Great yeah, people yeah. that were the, the, the two principals of the team. But I guess, you know, still being young, you're just whatever I got to do to get an IndyCar, right? Yeah, just yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to take it. Yeah, and, yeah. And, but, you know, it was a, a from scratch new team yeah, that, right. that year. Right. And so they were just, you know, trying to grab people from left and right. Yeah. And so. no experience, no testing, no anything. 
and it started off pretty darn well for being a totally unexperienced team and yeah. me, extremely unexperienced right, driver. Right. And we had some decent results, and they quickly <clears throat> signed me to a three-year deal. So I had yeah. only a six-race deal. And oh, if it went well, yeah, yeah. it would carry through the rest of the season. Right. So we had a pretty good run. We had a lot of transmission problems at those times. There was a stint where... Uh, you'd get the like you come in for a pit stop and the and thing would just lock in gear and you'd waste like three laps getting it fixed. So uh, we had a bunch of races like that, but generally had decent pace and Indy went well and Long Beach went pretty well. And uh, they were like, hey, we want to sign you to a three year deal. I'm like, oh, awesome. And but then it's funny, even for a guy like Bruce McCaw, you know, yeah, at the time he was the main principal West. there yeah, who yeah, had yeah. billions, you get tired of spending the money, you know? Yeah, and yeah. and um, we had mixed last luster results. Didn't right. really improve a lot throughout the season. A lot of new tracks for me. Right, because so this was a fully funded, like you weren't bringing anything with you. There's no yeah. sponsors. Right. I mean, the cars yeah. were like yeah. red, white, and blue with nothing on them. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, Dominic Dobson was my teammate. Yep, yep. And neither of us really had any great, great races. Had flashes of speed here and there, but it just didn't really come together. And so um, right towards the end of that season, I had a three-year deal. But all of a sudden, you know, Danny Sullivan's looming around, which I like Danny. I'd known him before and everything. And <clears throat> they were going to, you know, I don't know what Dalmec was going to do, but Danny was going to come in and drive him the following year. And we did a couple tests toward the end of the season together, which went pretty good. And then um, Richard Googleman had his Hollywood tobacco yeah, money, tobacco and money. all of a sudden I was out. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. At left, and that was pretty late. I didn't really know that. I knew some things seemed weird, but I was young and a little naive. And, uh, you know, sometime around December, January, it just didn't seem like we were going anywhere. Oh, yeah. Wow. And all of a sudden Way this all, this all yeah. came down. And so, um, <clears throat> yeah, so from there you scramble, of course, right? So, so that was, uh, that was 94 with them, my first year with them. So that was going into 95 and, uh, my father, my ex-father-in-law was Greg Pickett, yeah, you know, so yeah. he let me drive his Trans Am car yeah, and, for like six races. Greg was as another legend of Trans Am. Absolutely. He's been around forever. So Deca yeah, yeah. What, I think he's won in four decades or yeah, something. Right, 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 <laughs> it's yeah. insane. Or five, maybe it is. I don't know yeah, what yeah. it is, but, um, um, and so, luckily, uh, I was buddies with Robbie Gordon. We, we had had a big rivalries in, in Trans Am cars. And I went and visited him uh, at the May Indy of 95. And he's like, hey, why don't you? He, he had driven uh, the year before for AJ. And then he was with Walker that year. And so he's like, hey, you know, he's always hacking around with the AJ. You know, the two personalities there are like oil this. and water. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> at yeah, times, yeah. they're great, too. You know, and so right. he's like, put this kid in the car. And so I just started hanging out with AJ. And, and uh, he had Eddie Cheever as his main driver. And literally, AJ was like, He's like, it's Friday afternoon for bump weekend. He's like, why don't you just get in this car and get a few laps, and then let's qualify it. I'm like, okay. wow. Really? Just like, just like right. I go, are you sure? Yeah. For <laughs> and AJ literally had like 15 mo uh, laps in the right. car. He's like, let's roll this thing up. And that was the year Penske didn't qualify. Right, right, right. And right, I got right. in. So right. <laughs> it was, so, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I ended up running for AJ for, uh, what, two more seasons yeah, after that? Yeah, a couple years yeah. after that. So AJ Foyt. Like, we haven't, have we had anybody that's really, like, Brian Teal did one race for him, but we haven't really had anybody that drove for AJ Foyt. You know, the, the, the guy's got a reputation in terms of how you, how he runs a team. What, what was your experience there? Uh, it's 100% AJ's way or no way. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but the problem is this is the 1990s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have a feeling he had his way, which wasn't necessarily Yeah, I mean, uh, but the guy was amazing on an oval. I mean, amazing. Like, you work with an engineer, you know, and they're all methodical about what they do, and they want to make a change and document it, make another change. And I remember, like, if the car wasn't handling good, and he's all pissed off at either Goodyear or Firestone and yelling at that guy and mad that someone didn't make something right on the car. And next thing you know, they're doing, like, five changes at once. Like, they're changing everything. 
Which isn't how you do it there. No, it's right, not really right. how you do yeah, it, yeah, but yeah, it yeah, works. Yeah. And all of a sudden, things just rocket ship. And so for me, it really was amazing because I didn't really envision myself driving, you know, growing, around Newman, growing up around the Newman Haas type organization or, you know, you, you don't think you're going to probably ever drive for someone like AJ. Yeah, but he taught a very me, different culture. Yeah, very. Yeah, okay. But taught me so much about ovals in such a short period of time. And I, I was, I think, always pretty good at feedback and very sensitive, and I just let him do it. You know, I'm not trying to tell you what to change. I don't freaking know. So you do it, and I'll just drive it. And, and he, we worked, whether it's lines, whether it's how I wanted the thing to turn, and we got on a run together that, man, it just I mean, lapped the field at Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, right, just, right. just the car, he could really dial it in amazingly. But right. so organizationally was a little different than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I imagine. <laughs> but I mean, you got to just have the, nothing but the utmost respect for the guy. And hey, he, he grew up in a different era and he just carried his style forward, you know, so and it's been amazingly successful for him. So uh, it was a really good time. And, and off, certainly off track stuff was always hilarious. Say, there's got to be some prank stories. Cause, oh, like, my gosh. His books are always full of like firecrackers in the toilet and like rental car destruction. Yeah. So yeah. Did, he, did he mess with you? Because you were still a kid? A little bit. Yeah. Screw with me, though. Nothing yeah. like crazy like that or like, you know, embarrassing stuff. None of that. But he took us. Uh, Davey Hamilton was a teammate of mine for a while. And he took us uh, two years in a row to the Kentucky Derby. So it's fun to get a, took us and the whole team, for that matter, down to his ranch a couple times. He has a couple different ranches. And just, you know, sitting around drinking and hunting and all that kind of stuff. It just, you know, you get all... All the old AJ stories and everything. Who was cheating and who wasn't, and right. it's just it's hilarious. I'm he never cheated. No, never. no, and everyone right. else did. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, okay, so you mentioned Greg Pickett, and uh, speaking of Jack, we don't have to get into anything you don't want to get into. Uh, uh, so, Greg Pickett's daughter ended up being your first wife, correct? And Jack, being Jack, claims that he's the reason you guys met. He actually was. God damn it, <laughs> Scott so, Sharp. What the I was dating okay. this girl who was a uh, freaking high maintenance. She was right. this wannabe model girl from New York yeah. and try to drink her to the races. And right. just who, first so, exposure. So you'd have to compete for mirror time. First exposure for constant drama. Okay. I'm like, I'm focusing on the car here. She right. can care less about racing. She yeah. wants me to focus on her. I'm like, right. no, no, no. I'm right. here to race. And Jack saw what I was dealing with, right? And so he's like, you, this is ridiculous. He goes, you need a cool girl that knows racing, that can support you. And I'm like, who? That girl. <laughs> so, yeah, he did do the initial introduction. Wow. Yeah. God damn wow. it. Man. Maybe everything he said. Maybe on, because we did one of these with him a couple of years ago, and some of the things he claimed to have uh, invented, invented yeah. were, were like, <laughs> like our favorite one was he claimed to be the first person to put silver ink on a black T-shirt. That might be hard to prove. Yeah, yeah. I was like, right. okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. all right, Jack. But yeah, I'm the first to do this. Yeah. So you, so he really did everything he's claimed about you so, so far, far has brought up. Yeah. I'm not sure what else he's claimed, okay. but so yeah, far, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All, right. all right. So all right. far, we're back in on JB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So '96 comes around, you get to win the IndyCar championship. Yeah. Yeah. Is that at that point are you like, dude, like we're set here for life? Like I'm good. Um, like, no. was, was 1996 the best year of your life? Because you won the Daytona 24-hour and the Sebring 12-hour and the IndyCar championship. It was pretty cool. Like, at that point, you're like, I'm good. It was good. I'm I, mean, here. I think at the time, though, you know, you, you, all of us appreciate the opportunity we had in IndyCar. Yeah, I mean, we were yeah. in the IRL, mm -hmm. and there's cart. You know, it's a split. Yeah. Everyone realizes the sport's suffering for that. Yeah. Certainly the bigger, well-funded teams are in cart at yeah, the time. Yeah. 
you know, so you're sort of wondering where that's going to go to. Right. Obviously, and it was a you know a board, like a, a season that went from yeah, it was like, like a three race championship. Yeah, like because two season. of the races from the previous year counted, or some split like that. So it didn't feel like you just went through a 12 or 14 race series. Still, I mean, it was great for everybody just to win the championship and the team and see the chemistry with AJ work and obviously do some sports car stuff. I did Le Mans as well that year. We didn't we didn't finish, but great experiences, you know. And you just you got to at some point stop as much as you're always thinking forward. You know the drill. Your next race, your next ride, your next what's next year. You got to also stop sometimes. And say, wow, I just got to do some pretty cool races that I as right. a kid never even thought I'd have the chance to see, let alone right. drive in. So. Right. So. Well, you mentioned it pretty clearly, but you know that first year of IRL, um, I feel like in your resume is very glossed over in terms of the championship because it was only a couple races. The, the whole deal with the IRL at that time was since it was a new league, they wanted to end their championship with the Indy 500, right. Right. which was weird because they still had a whole half a season right. left of racing to go that carried into 97. <laughs> right. Um, so this like couple race championship, you co-win it with another guy, Buzz, Buzz Calkins. Calkins, yeah. Uh, do you feel like that's glossed over, or, or do you kind of understand where that's not really discussed? I mean, to be really frank about it, yeah. I mean, I look at it, I don't think that's one of my higher things on my list as I much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%, I, I sort that. of feel yeah. like it was a bit of a lackluster championship for, every, for sure. everything you just brought about. Right, right, right. And when you only have a short amount of races in a championship, it's really about who finishes and reliability yeah, and that right, kind of stuff right. more than it is, I didn't wax the field in all three races, right, and, you know right, what I mean? Right, so, right, right. Um, I, it's wonderful, and I'm gra uh, grateful yeah, for it, but I don't it, but, okay. feel it's not like you... You're uh, like, God damn it, I did this, right? But right, you get right, it. Right, yeah, right. yeah, okay. <laughs> Dixon has nothing on me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd go that far. I got a lot of respect for that guy. Yeah, he's the man. He's the man. I, I think probably the most famous IndyCar thing for you would be the Delphi car. Yeah. You know, we talked... Yeah. Uh, even that came up just the other day. Yeah, with... Uh, well, it came up with Jack Hewitt last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But it's story. like it comes up, and yeah. I, I'm... We're looking for dirt everywhere we can get it, you know, and so I end up on Reddit, which is always like a good treasure trove of some weird <laughs> stuff. And the only thing on Reddit about you is how much everybody loved the Delphi car. <laughs> I mean, it was like hundreds of photos of it. And then that led me to like, oh, right, you guys raced at Loudoun? Yeah. 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 Like, what? Yeah, Dover. <laughs> Dover. Dover. Yeah. Dover. You're like, yeah, some crazy like the rumor of Dover was like, <laughs> you couldn't even see. Yeah, because, right. Because like yeah. the banking was so steep that, that and you the, yeah. like it was all concrete up. patches. Little yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But the uh, the Kelly Racing Delphi car, obviously, like super, you know, successful for you guys. You know, a bunch of wins. But is that going to be the car you think you're remembered for? Because like for me, I'm not an Indy. I love Indy car, but like you're the Duracell guy. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, you're yeah, the Rain X guy for me, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. how it's always going to be. But IndyCar wise, is it the Delphi car for you is like the most vivid. Uh, the Delphi car, the first year with Adrian Fernandez. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. my sort of year. Yeah, you know, right. uh, a lot back then was whether you were the right chassis uh -huh. or whether you were the right tires. Yeah, you yeah. know, we were always with Goodyear when Firestone really came right, on. Right. And we were all excited at the end of one year because we just signed a deal to become a Firestone team. And <laughs> yeah. then they announced the whole series is going to run yeah, Firestone. Right, right. <laughs> so, so it always Damn seemed it. like a yeah. lot in Kelly, you know, the. Uh, the different engine situations, yeah. you know, Oldsmobile yep. versus Toyota. And right. We just seemed like we had a really successful team, good group of guys, won some races, but yeah. always just missing one of those components right. to be like the top team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then I was really excited when there was a lot of, you know, uncertainty when uh, – Tom Kelly sort of wanted to get out of mm -hmm. things, and Delphi fortunately was willing to move with me, right, right, and didn't know where we were going to go. And when uh, we went with, uh, with with Fernandez, it really came yeah. together, yeah. And we finally had the right car. We had the um, the uh, the right chassis. We had the right tires. We had the right Honda engine, and it just seemed like we had the package. And so to be on the front row at Indy to win a couple races, I mean, it, it was really against a stout field. That was uh, that was pretty strong. Yeah. So it seems like you're good at keeping sponsors. Why is that? 
Uh, well, my dad is very entrepreneurial, very business oriented. Obviously, you know, built like a dealership organization while always racing. That was his first passion, of course. But always had talked to me about sales, you know, and deliver, over delivering, under sell. And um, so I just, I think always early on, like I, uh, Duracell was based out of Connecticut and I ended up getting a, a deal with them for a couple of years. And I just, I just went overboard to try to do whatever I could to make those guys happy. You know, and I think I learned early on about return, you know, some form of return, no matter what it is. And so I think I've just always enjoyed that being a business mind. Uh, you know, I went to business school, business mind, very entrepreneurial my whole life. And so always wanted to, uh, I just, I guess I got it that these guys aren't going to stick around unless yeah. you really prove return on that, on investment here. Right. And I think that's something that's kind of lost with a lot of, uh, especially in sports car racing. You know what I mean? I don't think people really understand that having somebody like a factory or right. a tire company or whatever, liking you makes a difference. Yeah. I, I got really lucky uh, in both instances, frankly, yeah. you know, and, and any, yeah. any change could have come along right. and ruffled that. Uh, uh, I just got to be, I, I worked hard with Delphi. They asked me to go to numerous functions, travel all over the world, you know, not all over the world, but, you know, a, a lot of places to promote what they're doing and their products and a lot of the areas they were moving into uh, technology-wise. So, um, and I really enjoyed those functions and I got to be friends with a lot of the top guys there. And that just helps things. And and you learn more about their product. You learn more about their company. It's easier for you to speak about them. At the same time, if they're a bit of fans, which they were of racing, in general, they weren't like a Tom, an Ed Brown or something, but they, they appreciate the fact that you're going to the extra steps to do whatever you can do. And I think that just creates longevity. Yeah, right. Yeah, agreed for sure. So. All right. We're talking way too much racing for our taste. But I do have one. You're not going to like this, but I do have one racing question. So 2001, you are on the front row. You <laughs> win the pole at Indy. Yeah. Um, I'll let you describe what happens, but I'm curious about the walk back. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, that was rough. Yeah. Um, you know, that was a great month. That's like my single greatest yeah. month up till that day. Yeah, you yeah, yeah, dominated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so like, like every session you were the Every man. session, yeah. carb day. We yeah. won the pit stop contest. Yeah, right. Right. You were the pole. Month of May, you it's are like, the guy. You win the pole. It does not get any better than this. And yeah. uh, really thought we had a card that could win the race. Yeah. And um, so it got... So I'd practice in the um, carb day. I practice some starts, you know, because you you're leading yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You're gonna they're be the guy. off it's, you. Yeah. You want to not give up a bunch of spots, right. but you want to be uh, aggressive. You right. know, where's that blend? Yeah. And uh, thought I was pretty good shape, and uh, it, it was cool that morning. Right. And I'd, unbeknownst to me, they painted the inside line on Saturday. Right. Right above and, the rumble strip. Yeah. yeah. And so I didn't know that. I didn't even know necessarily, maybe I should have, what that would do. Yeah, right. Because um, I ran over that line all the time. But right. that's not a freshly painted line. Anyway, I rolled down in there pretty good. I mean, a pretty good clip, but not you know, right with the other guys right behind me. And I've watched the thing so many times. You know? Yeah, right. The left front didn't mind it. <laughs> but, but the minute the left rear got on it, yeah. gone. Yeah. It just sent And I was you. like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Right, because you know? at what point are you going, is your mindset going from, I need to save this car. I'm gonna save this car. Yeah. To holy shit, I'm gonna live for this. I'm gonna. This is gonna live with me for the rest of my life. Uh, well, first it was keep it off the wall. Right, 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 right. right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So you're trying. And to there's save not it. much time to be doing that. You're thinking <laughs> yeah, about right, that for yeah. about a millisecond. Yeah, but yeah, I'm like, right. no, no. Yeah. And then I'm like, mm, how did this happen? And then you know, when you go back, then again, it's like I've always been. I just felt horrible for everybody else. Forget about me for a second. You know, honestly, you know, it's like, whatever. It's like Delphi. It's the it's the team. It's like how did that just happen? So uh, that was pretty pretty catastrophic for a while there. Yeah, I can uh, that imagine. was that was pretty rough. I felt right. like a real idiot. So uh, how was the team? They were all you know down, of course, but they were pretty good for the most part. And um, and 
and we came back and won the next race. So that starts to build it back up. You know, Texas, winning in Texas wasn't winning Indy, but it, it started to get and We won a few more races that year. So the year ended up okay. And I think felt like it slowly got out of everyone's minds or out of my mind as much. So uh, you bounce back. What are you going to do? And eventually, as up, I was the wreck after the race for quite a few hours. But you eventually got to come to the conclusion, well, there's no rewind. So <laughs> what's happened has happened, and all I was doing is trying to drive it as fast as I could. Yeah. So like When you say you were wrecked, were you thinking about not going back to the pits for a minute? Oh, no, I had to go back you to the garage to area to yeah. change. Uh, <laughs> my wallet and my keys are in there. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How many times have you seen it? Uh, I hate the clip of it. Yeah, right. <laughs> when, they, yeah, yeah. when it ever gets shown as like a highlight reel. Right. But I watched it a lot, or, you know, right after Especially it happened, trying to just figure out what, what the heck could I have done, different kind of yeah. thing. And uh, obviously, I should have just kept it about six inches a little higher up the racetrack right. and not run it so low on the line and it would have been but you did the same fine. thing in practice and it was never any different yeah yeah yeah. it was funny because I felt so bad because we had a really good engine right, right. and I was like oh damn and, uh, and then Mark Dismore my teammate at the time he led most of the race and I was always a little quicker than him that month but he led most of the race and yeah. finally had, I think he blew a gearbox probably would have won but blew a gearbox and that ended his day and so um, and then I, right after the race I knew I had a really good engine so I'm like alright well at least maybe we can go have a good race at Texas and so they, they tell me that, well, Mark's engine is, something's wrong with it, so they're taking your engine. I'm like, what? Yeah. That's no, like the best no. engine. Right, Come right, on. Right. I put that thing yeah. on the pole. Why yeah. aren't I using right. it? That's mine. And yeah. so we go to uh, Texas, and he's on the pole, and I'm outside the pole. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and the thing blows. Oh, 20 oh, wow. laps in. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah it's good <laughs> so, thing you took that engine. Yeah. I, was, <laughs> I was thinking it was a little weak. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I mean, maybe but it would have blown in Indy. Yeah, right. You know what exactly. I mean? So, yeah, or, yeah. or maybe the crash has something to do with it. I don't you yeah, know. But there's right. so many scenarios there. It's just right. interesting. Yeah. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so it's towards the end of the IndyCar deal that, that Ed Brown and, and Patron start coming on. Um, the transition over to sports cars, is that in line with Ed starting to want to drive? That was, Ed had already been driving. So okay. he, he started in the Miatas, yeah. right, got him going right, with another right. team, actually from Connecticut in the right. Miatas, and then jumped right up the following year, I think, maybe did a year and a half of that, to the Porsche Cup. Right. And um, so about then, uh, he was at, I think his biggest thing is, his single biggest thing, you know, talking about activation and how, you know, if he's putting money into a sport, he wants to see the series endorse it, embrace it, and at that point, IndyCar wasn't really too interested unless you're writing some humongous right. checks to so them. So basically you're a painted car, but nothing <laughs> right. else. And he's yeah, like, yeah. hey, I mean, to make this thing work, you know, we, we right. need to have little Patron kiosks all over the yeah, place, right, so we right, need to right. have a Patron Club Patron setup, right. and we want to be doing stuff at market, and these guys were just really unreceptive right. to that. So it's just this one car with no other real activation <laughs> right. going on. Right, track. because that really doesn't do enough right. for us. Versus American Le Mans series. Right. Yeah, okay. right. Which, again, what were they thinking? Why? Yeah, yeah right. IndyCar should be like, whatever you need. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. keep him we here for as so long as possible. We have so much sponsorship yeah. here. Right. We're good. <laughs> and then you got Scott Atherton over there going, yeah. hey, we'll give you the moon, man. We'll give you the moon. Right, right, right. Exactly. And it's like, hey, you know, that seems like a pretty good crowd over there. Yeah. They're, and they're growing, and they seem really supportive, and they'll work with us really well. Because that's... If we, and we, we the, the stipulation on that was we needed to be with a factory program to move. Sure, sure. Because they had all the other promotion that goes with it. Yeah, you know, you're going to be yeah. successful. Mm -hmm. You spend a ton of money on marketing. Right. It just works. Yeah. And so it was sort of funny because uh, so we had signed a two-year deal with Ray Hall uh -huh. in IndyCar. And I hate to say it, but, you know, going into that, I had utmost respect for Bobby in his career. But it always seemed like it wasn't the team that invested maybe in the development of their cars okay. as much as the, you know, the top three or four yeah, teams. Like yeah, whatever, which yeah, they yeah. have pretty unlimited yeah. budgets, you right, know, frankly. Right, so I don't right. blame the guy, but, yeah. you know. And so we had some conversations about that when we were doing the deal. and But that's pretty much sort of how 
the year went. Yeah. You know, we had some great races on ovals and but stuff. But you can tell why you're not but, getting the results. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, we, and so he was angling to get us to move to IMSA uh -huh. with one of the um, Honda Acura programs. Yeah, right, right. And, <clears throat> and then that fell through for him. Okay. That's right. I remember he was really yeah. getting one of those. Yeah. That's right. So yeah, we, yeah. even though we had another year on our deal, it's like, no, we're, we're out of here. Yeah. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Bobby just convinced us that we don't need to be in any cars. Right. Yeah. He sold <laughs> so, us. We'll so, do it with someone else. So, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, He's uh, got a good idea, but let's do it. <laughs> right. So we right. went with Duncan Dayton yeah, and right. Highcroft. Yeah. yeah. And so we had a really good year there with David Brabham, amazing yeah. guy all yeah. the way around, amazing yeah. driver. Really cool for me to drive with someone like that. Yeah. And learned a lot yeah. about high-end sports cars. Sure. Why Highcroft? Did you have a relationship with them from Connecticut? No. So that's just coincidental. Uh, yeah, yeah, not, yeah, not at all. Yeah. Um, we went to, well, we were already with Honda mm -hmm. in, in IndyCar. Yeah. And liked them and liked all the promotion they yep. did. And, yep. and so there was only certain teams that had the Acura deal. I yeah. think it was. There was uh, Andretti, there was Fernandez, <laughs> yeah. And Highcroft, and, and right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so the other guys were set. Yeah. And Duncan was looking for something. Sure, sure. And he was self-funding the whole thing besides whatever yeah. Acura was doing. So it just worked. Yeah. And so I write a, so that that worked. Uh, what was that? That was going to be that was 2008, mm -hmm. and then that carried into 2009. Mm -hmm. And Ed by now is racing the the, the Porsche Cup stuff, and yep. he's like, "Look, it just really isn't working." The team he was with wasn't really prepping yeah. great, and it was yeah. a mess. And so he comes to me, he's like, "Look, you've been around this your whole life. Your dad used to have a team. Why don't you just start a team?" <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, really? Huh? Right. And I go, hmm, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. And, uh, Which, by the way, happens never. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Right. Yeah. like, why like, do we do this? this? Is a thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Normally yeah. it's like, can I do less? <laughs> right, right, yeah. right, right. And so uh, at first I was going to keep carrying on with Highcroft uh -huh. and run like a Porsche or a Ferrari for yeah. him. And yeah. he talked about running Bill in the car yeah. or something yeah. like that. And I just like oversee it, which I'm, hey, that's cool. Go with me. Yeah. He's like, well, why don't you forget about running the, with, with the Highcroft deal? Mm -hmm. We'll just get, live them with a little bit of sponsorship or something. And we'll run two cars. Yeah. And I'm like, and we'll go get Ferraris. Yeah. And I'm like, sounds pretty fun. Sure. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Right. I guess right. I'll right. do this awesome yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's how that all works. And you can run it your way. And it's paid for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all right. So common in sports car. Yeah. Right. I hear the story every day. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that was amazing. Can you give yeah. us uh, some lottery numbers? To <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just anything you got. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you, any any stories of Bill Riley stand out from that era? Oh, he's the he's the best. <laughs> yes, it's yeah. funny. So we've done yeah. a lot with Bill. Uh, they, yeah, so we, yeah. we did uh, we did Daytona with uh, um, with their team. Yeah, and had uh, James Weaver yeah. and a couple yeah. guys yeah. in the car, and so uh, James goes out. Great driver, yeah, you know, I, of course. One of my heroes, yeah. And uh, just driving the piss out of the car, right? For like the first hour, yeah. right? And it only lasted like about another hour before the engine blew. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and so, and Bill is just tipped over, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the time, my brother-in-law, ex-brother-in-law, was with me. He was my spotter at uh -huh. Mandy Car Racing. He knew the Rileys from Trans Am right, really well, right. so he's there. And we all just get up. It got cold. We got a big blanket. We sat up in the grandstands and just drank like a case of beer. Oh, nice. <laughs> and nice. Yeah. That was one Bill yeah. Riley story. Yeah. It was yeah. a lot of fun. He had a spot. A lot of tracks. That tracks. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of F-bombs going yeah. off about the, 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 the day before yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've been through tons with Bill. I, I really love Bill. Yeah, and you, you drove with them when they, I don't know if you had been on the car, but when they did the, the Matthews car yep. at Daytona. Right. And yep. was, was he a part of it? Was yep. he running the car for Jim? Yeah. Yeah. That was a cool year. Like that. That car looked like a missile. It was Robbie Gordon, yeah. me, and Jim. And Guy yeah. Cosmo, right? Or, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Guy uh, Smith. Guy Smith. Yeah, yeah Guy yeah, Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go back to do a sports car race, and they tell you Robbie Gordon's going to be in the car. Are you, are you immediately bummed? 
because no, I love Robbie. Yeah, but here's but. a good story with that one. <laughs> this is pretty gross. Anyway, so he he, he and I, do, you know, we're it's stupid, but you know, you're going fastest time, fastest time. Like yeah. who's going to be faster? Yeah, you know, right. I get what a faster lap. Racing? He yeah. gets a faster lap. Yeah, we're not supposed to be doing that. <laughs> no, right, like, right, right. This try is to why I met Keep the car a little yeah. bit. No, you definitely know there's yeah. drama coming if Robbie shows up <laughs> right, for sure. Right, right. <laughs> and he definitely isn't interested in helping out his teammates <laughs> in any regard. <laughs> right. yeah. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. so. Uh, I don't know, me and Daytona just always got along well, and somehow I ended up being the guy that did a lot of night driving, too, like five, six stints in a row, you know, up to whatever the max is. And um, so, I don't know, something happened, and it was just the three of us in, in this race, and was it, was it Jim? Someone, the other guy wasn't doing so well. It might have been Jim. He wasn't feeling well or something was up, so Robbie and I doing a lot of the driving. And <clears throat> so it's like I had just laid down. That's what it was. I just laid down in, in a, like, rented motorhome or something, and all of a sudden, they knocked him, hey, you're up, you're up. I'm like, what, dude, no, no. I got, I can't be. Yeah, the other right, guy's yeah. sick, and Robbie just got done or is finishing, and you got to get in. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So I'm, you know, young, who cares, right? <laughs> so I slide down in the car, and it splashes. Oh, no. Oh, no. And I'm yep. literally splashed like I jumped in a bathtub. Right. And oh, sh- 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 you know, as I'm shifting my hips. And all of a sudden, I oh. realized, like, what is this? I smell urine. Yeah, yeah right. It's not But raining. it was like a horse had gone in there or something. <laughs> the amount of urine that was in that seat. It would have taken me four times right, to the bathroom right, to do right, that. Right. I'm like, what's this guy like, doing? You got a problem, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. I had to drive for the next three hours in his urine. Yeah. yeah. I was, it was interesting after that. <laughs> but we've had a lot but of. No, lot of Robbie, good. you wonder if that was like a message. Probably. Yeah. Like, like I'm uh, just going to screw you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like who's getting in next? Yeah. Exactly. Sharp? Yeah, I got that. I'm, I can't imagine what his suit was like or smelled either. Right, right. right. Was that uh, the transition overall? I mean, you went from Trans Am to IndyCar, which is entirely about a car being centered around you. IndyCar is inherently a selfish sport. You have to be. Um, that teamwork mentality, was there any adjusting for you there? I mean, even things like compromise setup. Um. A little bit. I didn't have a lot of problems, fortunately. Like, yeah. um, I, I read Johannes was my first mm-hmm. teammate. Well, he's a son of a bitch, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, if there's one thing that's known about Johannes Van Overbeck. Horrible person. Horrible yeah. human being. And we pretty much could always agree on the setup changes, which yeah. is good. Right. Ryan and I could pretty much agree mm-hmm. on setup changes. I tend to, like, maybe a little less understeer yeah. in some regards. But, you know, subtle stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, didn't have a lot of problems. I think the biggest single difference to me when you, like, you're right, you know, you go to, all about so many years of it's yeah. okay it's practice time maybe, maybe, you maybe. get in the car right right and it's weird when all of a sudden you walk out for practice and you know, you're not driving for another half an hour mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that's probably the biggest single oh wait a minute mm-hmm. there is you know someone else in this picture now yeah. but uh when ed had asked me to start the team and we were starting to ramp up so many people came and they're like look it's almost impossible are you still going to drive and i go yeah i'm going to drive yeah it's almost impossible to run the team and drive and i'm like why does that have to be the case right i go you hire the right people and when himself. I show up yeah. at the racetrack, I'm the driver. Mm-hmm. I'll worry about maybe what went wrong or organizational stuff when we're back at the mm-hmm. shop. But you know, you got a really good team manager. You have good crew chiefs, engineers, supporting people. That's their time to shine and their time to do what they're supposedly really good at. So I really didn't have ever a problem with it. And I really tried to keep those two things up. Naturally, you get pulled into a lot more meetings or other things than than uh, you would if you're just there as the driver. But I enjoyed that. And I, I it's funny. Uh, as you slowly build a team and you like I said earlier in the conversation, uh, refine your, your, your team and, you know, certain people just didn't quite fit in. You bring other people in. You've got to go through some change before you really get that core that's great. By the time you've had that and you just have been ups and downs and you've had all kinds of dramas like every team does, crashed cars, you know, crazy travel schedules, you know, all kinds of stuff, fires, <laughs> everything we had, um, you, you have such a, without almost knowing it, you have such a bond 
that I got the I got the greatest satisfaction of seeing we have two cars, right? I'm in one, but seeing the other team do well, you know, right. it wasn't like, damn it, you know, right, it, right, right. it wasn't like that at all. You can it was still like, say this was you. Yeah, it was not even that, just to, for the benefit of the team, just yeah. to see the team succeed, be, feel like the guys got rewarded for all of their effort, and whether it's my car, that car, whatever, we just want to be successful as a team, and so uh, I, I ended up getting much more satisfaction out of it than I thought I ever would. That makes sense. Yeah. With the, uh, the Highcroft High program, that's kind of Duncan's team, you know, and, and it's... Uh, basically three different groups coming together between Accurate, you know, Highcroft, and then you guys. With ESM, you suddenly have, you know, Team Boss on your back. How many best friends do you get? Best friends? Yeah, how many brand new best friends did you oh, suddenly oh. have in the paddock? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But, I don't know, it's funny. I think a lot of people have always felt like I'm not that friendly at the track. I've had that feedback from people, right? And I'll say hi to anybody who says hi to me. You know, if someone's you know, occasionally you get some people in the sport that have a big attitude and you say, hey, man, what's up? And they just blow you off or something. But the reason I bring that up is I showed up there with one goal. You know, I wasn't there to socialize. I wasn't there to pick up the girls. I was there to drive the best I could or find a way with the team, myself, whatever, to get the best results possible. So I guess I carried that through with whatever I did. And I really didn't uh, have a lot of those problems. You guys had, like, all-star lineups. You know what I mean? And, like, not the newest, hottest, youngest guy necessarily. Like, Anthony Lazaro, you know, wouldn't be the guy that you're like, that's the next thing. That's a journeyman. You know, he's already right. done it. Right. Same with Johannes, mm -hmm. you know. So, with a guy like David Brabham, who's been proven you know, F1 driver, for Christ's sakes, why him and Johansson for that program when they're, like, a little bit older and you can already be the veteran in that program? Um. Well, when we moved to... I'll be frank about a different story because we talked about Bill Sweedler early. Um, <clears throat> when we moved to ESM or Shard ESM, so I'm coming. I wasn't, I'd been a long time since so I was racing GT cars and really wanted to get a solid GT driver. And a lot of people recommended Johannes, not only for his pace, but his just personality, the way right. he works with the team. He's like an elder statesman. Yeah, really, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that seemed to make a good fit. Mm -hmm. And we didn't know exactly who would go where. Sure. And the early discussions, you know, Bill played a pretty big role in hooking me up with Patron. I always figured Bill would probably drive with Ed. Yeah, right. But I guess as discussions in, in, ensued, you know, we were really trying to ramp Ed's driving career up. Mm -hmm. Now he's, you know, driving a Ferrari yeah, and IMSA. Yeah. And he's only yeah. been racing for a couple of years yeah. and after nothing. You right. know, no go-karts, no right. nothing, right? Yeah. And so um, I think collectively we made a decision, no, you need somebody that is, you know, substantially more experienced than Ed that can teach Ed. Right tracks because most of these tracks have never been to yep. how to drive a gt car i mean there's so many things yeah. i mean we ran them on a pretty aggressive yeah pace he's driving from all the time miata to mm -hmm. porsche to a you know yeah. gt2 ferrari right <laughs> so um and i think um i felt bad for bill because he was i think pretty much banking on that he would drive yeah right with ed and it just didn't and it wasn't by my doing but it just didn't pan out that way right. that, that 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 would fit for him so yeah. um but anyway um I think really we just always look for what the best possible fit would be all the way around. Certainly pace is important. Sure, yeah. But really one of the mindset we got to go get this super wicked fast French kid who can't even speak English yeah. and not to say anything against that, but you know what I mean? Somebody doesn't communicate with the team you well. The doesn't fit it. it. No, yeah, I yeah. actually <laughs> love the French. They help run our WC team. I, I yeah, picked yeah. a bad country. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I meant German. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, Someone yeah. that can hardly communicate with the team, doesn't really fit yeah. in, is cold, Only there for but he's quick. Yeah, right. I mean, it's right. nice to have a quick driver, but yeah. you really want the whole thing if you can. It just helps yeah. the whole team rise yeah. up. Yeah. 
And David had a great reputation. Sure. And um, thank you. And um, obviously, wickedly talented, meticulous in his setup stuff. I mean, as many years as I raced, I learned a lot from him and just the sensitivity and the meticulous nature to fine tuning a car. And uh, very again, a guy that's very open. So he helped Ed. He helped anybody that was in, on the team. And and so and solid. I mean, David does not make mistakes hardly at all. So that's in endurance racing. I think every bit as important as pace. So uh, yeah. So we had a, a, quite a, a wide variety of guys that were pretty. Uh, all they all really did good jobs. Yeah. For I mean, us, nobody so. in that program was like, "Why is that guy there?" Right. I mean, right. Other than Ryan Deal. <laughs> everybody else. <laughs> but no, like literally everybody that you had there. And also, you must have paid them really well because none of them were willing to really give up any solid dirt. <laughs> like not one you don't know about how he threw up at the patron tent like nothing so i don't think i left a lot of dirt to be thrown around yeah no they said the exact phrase was squeaky clean yeah and i was like damn i was again it was my job and when when we started with esm it became a very vested interest right, right? it was 24 right. 7 so i wanted i wasn't there to jack around and get yeah. drunk and meet girls or sure. chase my buddies around or sure. what i was there yeah. to like we're gonna go kill yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So we do a, we're, we're doing a running joke this year, and it fits in pretty well here. Um, so Dane Cameron, I'm sure you know the name yep. Dane Cameron. Yeah. So he's probably as fast as anybody on the planet, mm -hmm. but doesn't have a big personality, and so therefore doesn't really have a big fan base, and he should because he's you yeah. know, super talented. So we're making him a villain. So everybody has said something negative about him. So the answer is Dane Cameron, but I'm basically just going to say, who, would you, who, who kept knocking, and you were like, absolutely not. Who what? Oh, if they yeah, kept asking? Yeah, Dane Cameron. Yeah, yeah. I can't really go there because actually we were trying to hire him. Oh. Yeah, when was that? That was at Austin, and I don't remember who was representing him at the time, but right. a lot of the conversation went with that guy and then with Dane. Calvin. Remember? Yeah, it was Calvin. Calvin. Yep. Yeah. And they, they came in the motorhome, and we didn't end up going with Dane, and I think we should have. Right. So right. that was uh, it was more of a feel thing for Ed. Right. And Ed right. felt more comfortable with whoever okay. ended up getting the so, seat. So we can't use the Dane camera. Yeah, I don't case. think I can use that. Yeah, yeah. The last episode was actually a good fit. Yeah quiet guy yeah. but he seemed like a great driver great guy and seemed cool when i did talk to him okay <laughs> did you not hire him because he was a son of a bitch just say yes <laughs> i can't i can't do that that's not true no i mean he seemed he was quiet but he seemed i mean obviously then look at where he went yeah it would have been a good move yeah we're leaving that you ruined it scott Sharp. yeah you ruined <laughs> we've had sorry so now, now dan cameron's just a normal guy just yeah. being honest yeah. all right. fine all right suck it cameron <laughs> suck it cameron all right. Um, I would argue Peepo within the road racing scene was not necessarily the big name that he has since become until he got into your program. Um, do you get a cut? <laughs> nah. No. Yeah. Really Nothing. excited for him. He's a great kid. Yeah. And he deserves it. And, I, you know, it's, there's a guy who I think deserves to be in an Indy car if that's his aspirations, mm -hmm. which they have been for yeah. a while. And it just can't pan out, and he doesn't have any sponsorship to bring with him. So sure. there's, a, like we started off the conversation talking about racing and the challenges of it and working up the road course open wheel ladder. And there's a key, you know, he's done well, obviously. Yeah. He's got rides all over the world, yeah. but he would like to aspire to Indy cars. And he even tested for Sam Schmidt's team, and, mm -hmm. you know, first That's day right. was only a couple tenths off the right. yeah. regular driver. And uh, you know, he still, guy still doesn't get a chance. So feel bad for him. But he's wicked talented, super great guy, really good teammate. So... That's too clean. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, it's true. He's like a guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We are talking way too much racing. Yeah. But the Scott Sharp beauty routine. Well, what, is, what, is the, what is the morning grooming? It's like the same thing every day. Yeah. Shower. Shave in the shower. Yep. Okay. Yep. Low dry. What's the product okay. scenario? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Use some bumblebee gel. It's got to be really thick. Right. Thick. Otherwise, yep. it's all over the map. Okay. okay. And it's always been the case? 
Uh, yep. Well, not always, but in the last four or five years. Okay. okay. Yeah. Are you okay. using like a skin cream or a moisturizing? Absolutely. Yeah, I just started doing that in the last couple of years. It makes a huge difference. Yep. What's your What's your product for keeping this all? <laughs> I've always used La Mer skin cream. Okay. So not it, not the cheapest thing around. Yeah. All right. But it's so you're spending money on pretty this. well known. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually used that. I guess people have said that burn victims, like on their face or neck, have mm-hmm. used a lot of that and actually help take the burn away. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. All right. So, how do you fend off like a teammate giving you shit about using skin cream? Because I know it's coming for me at some point. Hey, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. I look. This, I want to look can, good while I'm older. You exactly. Know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. starting to realize like it's gonna catch up quick. <laughs> exactly. You, know? you got to take care yeah. of yourself. Right. Right. So Lemair skin cream. Like, Bumblebee. Ryan's Joe. not a guy that would wear. No. Lemare skin yeah, cream. Yeah, yeah. But he's also not <laughs> that great of a looking dude. You know what I mean? Like if it's between Pippo and Dial, like Pippo's gonna have great skin when he's older. <laughs> exactly. He's exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, Okay, so skin cream, gel, we're, are we a clone guy? Yep. Okay, what do we go I with? I grew up with my dad's uh, every day by growing up, Old Spice or Aqua yep. Velva, yep. whatever that That's stuff right. was. Yep. You just get used to always smelling your yep. dad, smelling good. Yep, yep. So as soon as I got old enough, yeah, yep. I was. What are you wearing? What's your What's your go-to? Uh, I, got into, I get into it pretty good, I, to be honest with you. Embarrassed to say. No. I've got a tray on my sink that probably has 30 bottles on it. Holy People walk in and go, what is this, Saks Fifth Avenue? Yeah. <laughs> but I just like it. I right. love the different bottles, and okay. I like the different smells. Okay. Some of which I hardly ever wear, but then I've got, like, staples that I wear all the time. Learning a lot here. This is off the cuff. I like, respect that you're for... admitting it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Total respect for the yeah. fact that you you embrace it because you know our fan base. <laughs> okay, so what's the what's the top three scents that we're going with? Uh, what do I like? Uh, Mont Blanc okay. is my number one. Okay. I wear a Zegna every day. Okay. Um, I like the Bond line is really good. Okay. I mean, there's so many there that you can pick from. Sure. So sure. yeah. I'm and a, then and the Creed. I'm a Creed Aventus yeah, guy. Creed's awesome. Yeah, oh, I have it. Yeah, yeah, I wore it the other day. Isn't yeah, that stuff amazing? Yeah, I'm wearing it right now. Yeah. I'm it's amazing. You didn't it just isn't yeah. that strong. Yeah. Like it, yeah. I feel like it doesn't. I like. I want to be even when I've been like sweating or running yeah, around, yeah. still have a halfway smell right. and not like a sweat smell. Yeah, exactly. And I feel it's a little weak on that w- side, but I'm, it smells amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I spend about twelve dollars a month <laughs> in Irish Spring and Head and Shoulders. <laughs> there you go. What are you spending? I don't want to add it up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's higher yeah. than twelve dollars. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Body like uh, soap. Are we a gel or are we a bar? Oh, definitely a, a gel that comes out like a organic because you know you're. I'm pretty health conscious. That's hence why. I've oh yeah, no, yeah. Well, well, we're building. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know your skin is the biggest single pores of your body that yeah. can bring in any. If you get into the thoughts of toxicity or any mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think about it daily. You should be more sensitive, people in general, to. Mm-hmm. Not just uh, uh, what they're drinking and what they're eating, sure. but you're, what you're putting on your skin. Yeah, right, right. If there's certain chemicals in that, gets absorbed right into your body, into your bloodstream, into everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I only use organic. Okay. Type of, uh, and I like this, the pump bottle. It's okay. easiest that way. Okay. I don't yeah. like chasing it so yeah. far. So organic soap. Is it straight to you, or are you going through a poof? What's a poof? Oh. The little, the little sponge thing. Oh no no. Oh, you're not using your hands. hands. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Nah. All right. Okay. All right, well, we've got a sense of that. So yeah. this builds us to the question. So because uh, we, when we reached out to you, uh, I don't think I understood what post, post-racing life was like. So what are you doing now, Scott Sharp? <laughs> well, I, uh, as I said earlier, I, I, as I was doing the last couple years of ESM, I always had this, I've always been really entrepreneurial. So yeah. when I was a kid, I was selling stuff left and right, redoing cars and selling them. Um, tried all these wacky business ideas, some of which worked, some didn't. What was, uh, the, what was the dumbest thing you did? 
uh, actually, Sweetler and I almost tried to do a laundry delivery company for all the schools around okay. around the Boston area. We had this all spreadsheeted out and that seems buying like all a, these vans. Say, that seems like a decent idea, though. It was for a decent idea. Kids. Just never, just never, never, no, yeah. never yeah. happened. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so. So I've been. Uh, so I started building student housing, right? And right. got onto that idea. Uh, what, I've always done a little bit of real estate. I don't understand what that means. Like you're building so building like, actual buildings, like condos yeah. near college. So campuses? basically, I was presented the idea probably five years ago, and six years ago, and a guy said to me, "Hey, he goes, basically, what's going on here is uh, the enrollments have continued to rise so dramatically, yet the 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 housing hasn't supported it, right? And so, so let's build some apartments <coughs> near these campuses. Right. Okay. And so, and then what ends up happening is a lot of times what their uh, students already paying for at an older uh, building, you really don't have to pay that much more per month for so a new building much nicer, to right. make the P and L work. Right. So, okay. uh, so that was what led me into that. So I. Uh, okay. I got really aggressive, which was pretty stupid. I almost lost it all. Okay. But uh, I went up and found 10 acres uh, right next to, uh, right adjacent to the football stadium at the University of South Carolina. Oh, okay. It's a mile from campus because yeah, yeah. everything close to campus is gold. Yeah, yeah. But it's a mile away, which doesn't get as good a rents, but right. it's right next to the football stadium. Yeah, okay. And so, um, and that is old 275,000 square foot uh, brick warehouse building on it that needed to be demoed. And so I, I started going in this. I had a guy from Florida here that wanted to do it with me. And then all kinds of problems happened. And he bailed. And uh, we, we quickly realized that we had a lot of other problems. There's a, a, it's double tax there. And that's, property taxes are double in, oh, that, in, the, okay. in that city because none of the municipal taxes, I was just saying, none of the residential taxes pay any of the municipal. So oh, uh, army okay, base, hospitals, uh, none of that. It all comes from commercial. And student housing is actually deemed commercial. So uh, it was double the taxation. And that doesn't sound like a lot in the grand scheme of things, uh, but it throws yeah. P&L so off and with a, uh, you know, the capitalization rate, what you end up basically what you sell the thing for, it's a big number. I mean, it's a, it, it's a nine-figure number what that just extra taxes does. And it was part of your due diligence or you found this out as you were doing it? Well, I was already in, and okay. then I started getting okay. hard on my money. You know, I, I put yeah, some yeah. deposits down, but those deposits ran out, and I was going to yeah, lose the place yeah, yeah. if I didn't let them go hard. And then it took longer to get this thing all going, and I didn't want to let it go at that point, so I keep feeding it. Right. And then like a to, to get more the, yeah. extensions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Then I got quite a lot in this thing, and I haven't closed on it yet, and don't have an investor, and have all these other problems. And uh, just kept trudging through it. And very fortunately, I uh, was introduced to a great guy named Gordon Rieger out of uh, upstate New York who does a lot, a third-generation multifamily developer, never heard done student. And uh, we hit it off, and he just quickly got right to the chase and look, you got these three problems, and I'm not interested. If you can fix those, come talk to me. So for the next four months, I fixed each of those problems, and he goes, I didn't think you could do it. He goes, I'm in. Okay. And so we built it. And, uh, so you not only found a money guy, but a money guy that was smart enough to go, no, 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 here's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Did, yeah. He, did he pinpoint things that you hadn't realized? Did that help? Or was it uh, like you already knew that and you were well, like, this okay. Was, this was the fire under your ass. They were things that I was not hiding, but hoping weren't going to become bigger issues. Okay, sure, <laughs> okay. sure. And yeah, he yeah, yeah. filled He's it right like, away no, and said, no, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and your idea of redesigning this? No. Yeah. That and, sounds like the guy you need, though. And yeah. the property yeah. tax problem? That's a very legitimate problem. <laughs> He's like, Good no, luck you're with right that about one. that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I almost thought when I walked out of that meeting, yeah. <sighs> might just be kissing all this goodbye. <laughs> but that wasn't an option for me. Right. I'm like, no, yeah. I'm going to fix this. Yeah. Find a way. Yeah. So it, thank God it worked out. And uh, we ended up building it. And we just sold it earlier this year. Okay. So that, that was, was fun. It's part of the going more and more all in the like, 
well, I'm Scott Sharp. I can't lose. Like, is, there, is there an attitude there with that? No. Or, no. This was just not realizing how deep you were in. Uh aspirations were getting probably a little ahead of reality uh-huh. Uh-huh. and yep. experience in that. So yeah. what I said originally then. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I figured I'd figure it out, right? Like, I mean, we'll okay, figure so this exactly out. Exactly yeah. what I had said. Like, I'm Scott Sharp, I can't lose. <laughs> no, I'm not thinking I can't lose. I'm thinking I had figured it out, but I hadn't figured it out. So I'm not have some ego over here like, oh, anything I touch is going to go. I mean, I was looking at a pretty heavy uh, right. loss there. Yeah, right. So, but uh always think there's got to be a way to work something out. Sure. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Anyways, that gets me to what I'm doing now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Oh, I, wait. So are you now out on real estate? No, we're still doing that. Okay. Uh, we're trying to build a project over okay. in the west coast of Florida. Okay. Hopefully Is your diligence process different now? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. When Gordon and team got involved, yeah. okay. I figured out how to do this correctly. Yeah. Right. Good deal. Yeah. So, are you yeah. still with Gordon? Yeah. On this? Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so now you've so got a guy who's sensible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, and we did well on the first one. So yeah. it all worked out well. Yeah. Uh, the property tax thing, we I ended up spending a whole lot of money. I had two or three different attorneys, got lobbyists, and got a tax abatement for 10 years of 33%. Oh, great. Look at you. So okay. it ended up working out pretty enough to make the project happen. Could it have been better if there wasn't the tax situation? Absolutely. But right. uh, it worked out great and sort of leading to our next project. Does Gordon wear hats and kick back in a chair with a cigar and say, listen, kid? He yeah. doesn't really. Please say I don't think true. he does cigars. Does he, oh, just, okay. does he call you sharp? No. Nope. Listen, no. sharp. You know, it's funny, a funny story there. Oh. So I, I, I was selling him on this whole thing, uh-huh. and I knew he walked away from that meeting and uh, maybe skeptical of me because I wasn't <laughs> as figured out as I thought I was, right? <laughs> and so uh, and I'm in the middle of trying to work my way out of this, and we go up to Watkins Glen to race. Okay. And so he's a car guy a little bit, but doesn't, not okay. a lot of exposure to okay. it. And so I'm like, like, hey. that Mark Wahlberg movie? What's that? The Mark Wahlberg Which movie where they're all weightlifters with the rock. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they like this, That's a true story. Yeah, this is, yeah. This is, I feel like this is you if it, if it went just a little differently. <laughs> anyway. So, so, massage therapist so I, risk yeah, yeah, I yeah. invite him down. Yeah. You know, it's on a Sunday. He's like, ah, I'll drive my Porsche now and I'll come see you. And so uh, he gets there. And this is like peak ESM at this point? This is ESM 2017 yeah. with the okay. Nissan. Yeah, so you all guys right. have a full program. It yeah. looks yeah. like you guys are legends. Yeah. Look at what I can do. No, no, no. 18. The last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but it's still full tilt. And so, yeah, yeah, full tilt. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so he comes out and he comes down. I obviously pre-race don't have a lot of time to spend with him. I start the car and uh, we're all going up through the S's, and that's when. Oh yeah. What's oh, that okay. guy that always gets all? Uh, no, uh, always gets crazy out. You know who I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Crashes a lot. <laughs> um, but he's, like, but he's fast. Uh, French, I think. No, no. What, oh, who? You, Olivier Pla? No. Yeah, uh, shit. I know. I, I, in prototypes? I thought it was a little bit of actually. In he's prototypes? Got, he's got fired for crashing. He drove yeah. for us yeah. a couple yeah. times. He did a good, yeah. He's a good he guy. He used to be the stud, right? Yeah. And now he, he just got let go from Shank. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. Like, for you know You're what I'm thinking about. of the Indy Lights kid. Oh. Uh, this, oh, yeah. Yes, he's This French. guy took me out of the 18 uh, race. Uh, uh, the kid uh, that ruined Tristan Vautier. Yes. Tristan Vautier. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he loses yeah. it somehow yeah. out of the essence. Yeah. And cars are going everywhere. Right. Yeah. And... My other car hits me from behind. I go into the wall. <laughs> that car ends up whoever knows. So He's we're, fired. We're like yeah. out. Yeah. Right. No, it wasn't, cars it, it, it wasn't yeah, his fault. fault. Yeah. I mean, everybody yeah. done yeah. scattered in yeah. front of us. And the savior of your real estate deal and, is and sitting here there. watching this cluster. So he and, and so now we're figuring out. Oh my gosh, we're out of engines because yeah. we've been blowing engines left right. and right. Now yeah. the, the car just took a hit with the engine. That engine's right. done. The block's yeah. done. So right. this is all adding up for the guy who's like. <laughs> and we have yeah. many, right. And yeah. we have a race the next week at Mossport. That was back to back. And like, yeah. so we're sitting there trying to have this meeting. As he's like, eh, hey, I want to start talk to you. Hello, you know. Right. I'm like, dude, you gotta oh, wait shit. now. And yeah. I'm like, because we're allocating resources. These guys are gonna go home. Right. We're gonna take this backup motor from here and put it in this thing. Only one team's going to Mossport. You know, we're doing all this. Shit. 
And so uh, finally, I, I go over and I, sorry, man, just, you know, this craziness and everything happened in the race. But it was funny because just seeing that operational side, he got, okay, this guy can figure it out. Oh, He's not okay. just jacking around, race car driver, right. you know, showing up on the weekends with all the girls. I mean, it really, okay. I, if this guy can figure out the real estate stuff, I have confidence he can, yeah, he can do it. Yeah, he's a leader. Yeah. Yeah, there yeah. you go. So okay. it was an interesting long yeah. story. Yeah, yeah but no, it's a, a good small point. point. Well, Tristan Bautier <laughs> saved your <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. 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 So thankfully, a really bad race is what saved you. I guess like so. Like yeah. if it had been smooth sailing and you guys had just done everything right, I you might I actually never looked, like, looked at it that way. Maybe he would have really liked being up on the podium, though. You yeah. never know Maybe. if we yeah. Right, right. So, like this kid can get in the <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. hurt. Tristan, anyway. Tristan Vautier. So, yeah. Single-handedly. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't give that guy no credit for anything. But, but anyway, yeah. so, we, uh, so we're still doing that. On, it's more on the side. You know, we have, you end up hiring a management company that does a lot of the day-to-day -day construction work, and you're just on calls, visit the site now and then. It's not like it's a 24-7 deal. So I've, I've always been extremely healthy, you know, or into health, I should say. So uh, I worked out a ton while I drove, always watched what I eat. Um, I was around people that did cleanses and were worried about heavy metal detoxes, gut health, all that stuff. And I, and I really got into a, a mindset of, you know, I don't want to be reactive to my condition. I want to be proactive. I don't want to be taking medicines to fix something. I want to be taking, whether it's supplements or whatever it is ahead of time, so I'm not getting to that point. So I've always just been that way, done lots of research and stuff over the years. Certain things have really interested me. Um, so then I, I had a friend who uh, was involved in a compounding pharmacy that became very large uh, about eight, six, eight, seven years ago. In South Florida? And, yeah. There's and, a lot uh, of compounding And here. they moved and they shipped in like 35 states okay. and really built up a pretty good business. They had a bunch of things happen and it sort of blew up apart. But I recognized, you know, where is this all going, you know? I mean, there's so many things as that uh, intrigued me with the technology that's continuing to be brought into that and the new drugs and they're finding uh, other medications that are helping the same remedy, you know, the same remedies for, for, for certain conditions. And it just um, really enticed me along with the whole telemedicine and just the feeling that you can basically, you don't have to, I, had, I would have a friend who's a doctor, this is what kept me in this, I'd have a really good buddy we'd having out, his family, my family, and I'd go visit him, he was my primary care physician, and, I, and he knows how busy I am, and I'm sitting in his weight room for like an hour or hour and a half. Finally, I get in, I go, Kevin, what the hell's going on here, dude? I got other things to do. Why did you schedule me for today if you can't see me? And so there's frustrations like that that are fairly common among people, and, and really, especially with the pandemic, you know, the, the whole telemedicine thing is just the acceptance is blown right. up. Well, it's so gone from like 15 to 60-something percent. So let me make sure my understanding of what you define as telemedicine is correct. So, like, if I want boner pills, um, in the old days, I'd have to go to a doctor and, and Just come to know, my website. We got them. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, so, it's so, a powder. Right, right, right. It's a capsule. No, I thought it was a powder in the seven. Oh, we have that, too. Yeah, see? That, oh, we, yeah, yeah, you've we been studying. Research. Okay, all right. Come on now. That's our new thing. No one else has that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, we'll get seven to that. But, so, if I want boner pills, um, in the old days of having to, like, go and physically have somebody check my blood pressure and do the right. hundred other things, now, basically, I can go online to a provider and effectively fill out a series of questions and then somebody in theory evaluates that online and decides you're qualified for it. Is yes, that, sir. This is, and this is like FDA compliant? 100%. Okay. HIPAA and FDA compliant. Okay. Yeah. So uh, there a lot of states were had, very, had varying rules for that. Right. There wasn't a lot of uniformity at all. Right. And then when the pandemic came and they just realized there were so many people in need of meds, all those sort of laws started to relax. Okay. And there's certain states like an asynchronous visit is basically when you can fill out uh, a medical questionnaire and get prescribed or denied off of that. A synchronous visit is like a call or, or, or video. 
chat. And some states have required one, some states have required another, but it's getting pretty uniform now. So yeah, the whole basic, you know, mile high view of it is you can sit on the luxury of your own house, have your doctor consultation, which is basically the same questions but asked as, as you're sitting in, yeah, yeah. In, in, in the doctor exam room right. and have the meds sent to you rather quickly right away. Right. So, okay. And this is what, so the your new company, Seven Cells. Seven Cells. SevenCells.com. This is what you do is you've got that and, and a handful of organic medicines, it looks like as well. Uh, everything on our site's prescription. It is all So you have to, at this okay. stage it is. We'll probably okay. eventually add some others, but okay. we built a uh, 5,000 square foot compounding pharmacy. So okay. anybody with a prescription, we don't sell over-the-counter stuff. You're not buying toilet paper or something out of right, place. Right, right. You come in with a prescription or your doctor calls your prescription in, okay. we'll fill it for you. Okay. Um, but then what really enticed us was this ability to just, I think it's going to take over in a major way. I mean, most people do. It's a, it's a, a sector that's going to grow from, uh, you know, hundreds of millions to hundreds of billions, I think. And just from the multifastness of this. So, I'm not all for us, obviously, but, you know, just the, right, all right. the extensions the of full telemedicine is, full is, is huge. Right. So, um, yeah, so that's gotten very exciting. We've just, in the last two months, really, the website's blown up. We do some sexual stuff. We do some skin. We right. do hair. You're like and we the do, and Gwyneth we do, Paltrow of North America. And we do wellness. That's become very big for us. And okay. that's really in a sector I want to see blow up. Much like I was just saying, I think yeah. wellness side is, is uh, you know, being more proactive. Yeah, like taking, like, gut supplements to, we to have help that. with your, your healthy um, gut and yeah. things like I that. I mean, we yeah. actually, uh, we sell ivermectin. We, yeah, we, 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 we want to talk about it. All right. Yeah. We sell ivermectin. Why are you smiling? There's that, well, because it's become a... <laughs> Highly controversial. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm laughing because you're laughing. So here in South Florida, have your have your ivermectin cells gone up a lot? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So you're doing well. <laughs> Business is good. We're, we uh, we actually were licensed in uh, 44 states. Okay. okay. So who are the holdouts? Uh, some states that are just very difficult to get licensed in: Alabama, uh-huh. Oregon, Michigan, uh, West Virginia. Uh, DC and Arkansas. All right, so we're in the clear. Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah, we're fine. Georgia, we're both, California. We're both oh, no clear. problem. Yeah, yeah, was that yeah, what you were asking yeah. when you sat down? You're like, can I sell these guys? No, I was yeah, <laughs> like, I need to know where I'm mailing. I didn't mailing. know if you yeah, were. Yeah. I, I knew you guys were, you know, nationwide with all your racing stuff. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know where you're based. If it was I here. understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so we, we we can both buy. Done. Okay. All right. Okay. We'll get you a good discount code on ivermectin. On anything. Okay. okay. Sell me on ivermectin. Okay. Um, I'll tell you right how this happened. Let's go full Alex Jones. So. We have a couple doctors. Actually, uh-huh. one of them used to be one of my primary care doctors. And uh, so we have an affiliation of some doctors with our pharmacy. Mm-hmm. We also, as we open, you know, tried to you know, showcase our pharmacy to other physicians. Come on, send over your scripts. There's yeah. not a lot of incentive okay. for those doctors. Then you cannot, it used to be in the old school, you could like yeah, there was pay the doctors. Yeah, that's that's, that's yeah. highly illegal now. Yeah, yeah you yeah, get yeah. in jail quick. So yeah. we don't do any of that stuff. So it's been a little hard to keep getting that business. But uh, a couple of our doctors are, are, are pretty, pretty uh, very holistic. So and I, when I consider that like a functional doctor, so that's a doctor that, hey, if you, if you need an antibiotic or you need a really strong medication, he's going to write it for you. But if there's an alternative way that maybe is even more effective, he's going to push that. And so, and they're more like on the edge of, of new stuff that's coming out, new, uh, new treatments. So um, he starts uh, prescribing some of this. And, uh, ivermectin. And ivermectin. Okay. And I at first didn't even know how to pronounce it. Let alone, right. I mean, I'm the, I'm the business guy. In right, this. right. I mean, we have the, pharmacists and technicians sure. and all that stuff. Okay. And so, um, um, but it, it seems to like be catching along. And then uh, we have a really great pharmacist, uh, pharmacist in charge. She's like the lead. And uh, there's a, a really interesting site out there called FLCCC. And that site has become sort of the uh, nationwide leader in, um, in sort of uh, COVID-type treatments. Okay. And so, like alternative yeah, treatments. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so um, we got connected with them. 
and we happened to have a pretty large supply of ivermectin, which not everybody did at the time, and still doesn't. Because I assume the, it's hard the, to get. the supply is now surged oh, with, yeah, with it's hard all to the get. hype. Okay. And, it's, and, the, and the prices have risen as well. But, um, and so we lined up with them, and, and just you know, so many people are curious and intrigued with this, and is there other ways of doing this than the vaccine? And so, uh, so, it's, so it's really taken off. So, and there's different ways of using it. Some people want to use it as preventative, you know, and I, I think the, uh, the, the idea there pretty much is just that if you were to get COVID after you've been on ivermectin, your, your symptoms are going to be a lot less. The duration is going to be a this lot less. This is the reason people are doing it. Yeah. Okay. And then some people, when they're in it, uh, having COVID or having some type of viral disease, they want to take anything and everything they can get, right? right. So they add that to the antibiotics or whatever else they're taking. Right. <clears throat> now, the F- FDA has clearly said... You're not a horse. That's literally a tweet they put out. Yeah. Uh, so yours is prescription. Obviously, there is no way to get it without it. Right. Um, and it's, you- it's human use. There is, an- I mean, I think some people have misused ivermectin, trying to go get animal ivermectin and use it on a person, which if you think of the, the dosage is all based on weight. So it's very small levels of ivermectin compared to like what a... A horse, a horse is going to take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but okay. I think there's been cases where so people you're not giving out horse levels totally of misused. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So and and uh, and there's a version that's you know made for animals, and then there's a version that's made for humans, and and it's so it, it's an FDA approved drug. It's just called an off-label drug because they haven't completed all their testing and their studies on it yet. Right. But you're not going to go to jail for selling it. No. Okay. <laughs> Have you taken ivermectin? I haven't needed to yet. Uh, okay. Yeah. Curious what it, what it does or what it. You know, side effects. I don't think there really is any. Yeah. They're very minimal. Have okay. you taken your seven-minute boner pill? I have tried that once. All right. Yeah. And so how does this work? Because uh, so you got it. What is it called? We got it right here. I mean, I'll take the ivermectin the minute I start feeling like I'm having symptoms. Seven cells, seven, seven, seven minutes. I got you. So yeah, seven, seven cells, seven, seven minutes. minutes. Yeah, this yeah, is this yeah. is an erectile dysfunction powder. Yes, yeah. sir. And, and you're saying you have capsules now. Is that right? Well, I didn't know different? what you were originally talking about. But oh, yeah, okay. for, for that drug, I mean, we saw uh, Viagra and, uh, and and Cialis. Okay. Right. So okay. That, those come in capsule forms. Simple. Okay. Gotcha. So I so thought well, you were meaning that earlier. No, yeah. No, we looked it up. There's yeah, seven cells, seven minutes. Yeah. yeah. So seven cells, seven minutes is a similar thing, only you put extra cocaine in it. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, the thought there uh, is that it's a, it's a powder form, and as you drink it, it gets right into your system right away. Okay. okay. So, so it's, it's not instant. something you have to take an hour ahead. Because yeah. that's like or, with a with a you know Viagra, it takes like forty five minutes. Kick kick in. In. This okay. is more yeah. of an immediate thing. So it's just sort of a fun variation. So of if it. you're in the bar That's the and, setting. You, and you want to get in that bathroom as That's quick the as possible. We're trying yeah, to yeah. shoot a little video like, here. <laughs> we're thinking, we're thinking, guy walks up. Yeah, right. He's he like, gets, oh, he meets this new girl. Suddenly <laughs> yeah. his, his night's changed. Right, right. And he needs right. to be ready to perform. Yeah, so he takes so a bag of powder into the bathroom. <laughs> here in South Florida. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. You've taken it once. Yeah. And? I liked it. I yeah. thought it worked well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. But he's All like, right. Scott Sharp doesn't need this. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, a couple of buddies of mine don't need it either, but they're like, you got to try this. No, it's it, great. Like, it, it, like, it's it, a good works, time. it really works yeah, great. Like, oh, it really right. does work great. And, you know, it's funny because obviously the everyone knows their uh, libido and sanima sure. and everything, you know, diminishes as you go older. But a lot of people that are buying this are like college kids. Yeah. That's I mean, not exactly necessarily from who us. my friends are. Not necessarily from us, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. like ED drugs is, is you'd be, I was surprised to hear the amount of kids that shouldn't need it. Yeah, right. Are just using it as a little extra boom, exactly, I guess. Exactly. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> that's not fair to us older guys. Yeah. You're juicing. <laughs> They're juicing. He's got to take juicing. more. Yeah. That's <laughs> why you get seven cells, seven minutes. There you go. I like the plug. Yeah, see? I should start using go. Ryan. You yeah. should start paying us. Yeah. We can be the official. Boner powder. <laughs> There's yeah. other things besides yeah. okay. that. <laughs> okay, sell me scream cream. For Great the name. I tell you what. Great name. That's an by interesting, the way. interesting situation. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so this is a topical cream for the ladies. Yes. Okay. Okay. And it's funny because, uh, so you know, we're just rolling out. We're just getting 
really rolling with this whole thing. With the last two cells. months have been pretty big for us. We yeah. basically finished the site, all kinds of developer dramas yeah. and all these problems. In the spring, <laughs> got a couple di really high-end digital marketing companies involved with us. Like, you know, your look just isn't oh. as like the competitors. You need to yeah. trim this up. So that took another couple months. Midsummer, we're going, you know, we're selling a little bit here, a little bit there. And then just with, with the added products, with mm -hmm. Ivermectin, with all this stuff, all of a sudden, suddenly it goes. Sure. So, um, um, what was your question? That's what I was saying. So I was like, you know, we, we haven't put a dollar into promoting screen cream, yet it sells amazingly. Huh. And what, I mean, we so need what to is stop it, promoting. Like, like the physiology, how does this work? Because it's a, it's a cream that's supposed to enhance your It basically your enhances sensations. the sensations for the woman down there. Oh, yeah. And just the arousal and the tingling and all of that uh -huh. to get them more in the like mood. Is there a biochemical thing here? Or is, is it Ben Gay? It's not Ben Gay. Okay. Is it Blue Emu? You're, you're getting a little out of my element. I could okay. bring my pharmacist involved here if you I, wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you work there. Yeah. It has like a little Tadalafil in it. It's got a few other small drugs okay. in, or medications okay. in it, yeah. ingredients, I should say, in it. Yeah. But uh, it, it's very safe. It's topical. Sure. So it's not, you know, nothing that can, can harm you. Have you used it? I haven't personally because I'm a guy. Well, no, but like on your lady? Um, possibly. I'm, I'm curious because <laughs> does it do anything to the guy? No. So you wouldn't even know it's there. No. It makes okay. you feel like a stud. So you're just like, I'm awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, right, a great right. time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. But that's going well. It's a fun product. And yeah. actually, we have a, uh, a newer doctor who's got involved with us, and he actually is a special one. One of his things he really has researched heavily mm -hmm. and feels, uh, you know, pe people pay a lot of attention to men's sexual yeah. issues. Right. Not a lot of people have spent a lot of time with women's sexual issues, yeah. and they're, and they're yeah, much yeah. more shy and quiet about it, yet they're every bit as as as... as out there and every bit is ishmatic. So um, he's actually a guy who's really a huge believer in why why should that woman be neglected? You know, let's find remedies and God bless things man. that can help yeah. the woman. Yeah, for so sure. For it's sure. an interesting. We're not really there yet, but the scream cream was the first part of that. Yeah. Who came up with the name? Because that's so good. Uh, I don't know. Actually, we just called the scream cream yeah. from the beginning. <laughs> so good. Right away, I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> All right, I need to go back five steps. Okay. Uh, okay so I can see you going into real estate because just just a little bit about it, I know about your personality that makes sense that you can see it and, and work on telemedicine uh, you know online online uh, drug sales I don't know where, where did this even come into your your mindset well just the health side is what got me okay. always being so healthy and into sure. it and and just feeling like I'm I'm uh, I'm enthralled with just constant evolution and change of technology and new meds I mean I mean look at like for example uh, a product we're going to sell pretty soon is ketamine. And everyone knows ketamine from the so, date rate drug or the super high doses people would take to get all high. Yeah, but I don't even know what that a, looks it's like. A horse. But it's a, it's a, so if it wasn't for horses, you wouldn't be in business. <laughs> well, you got to start there. Yeah, because that's, yeah. a, that's a yeah. horse tranquilizer. So there's Sky Sharp Blues coming yeah, out soon. Like, not, yeah. not that I was ever involved with. Like, that was known as Special K at UCLA. Yeah, exactly. Oh, nice. So, yeah, nice. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah, yeah. Look that's at me the hardest my... thing you've so, ever said to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's something on... So you're selling Special K. Not yet, we're not. But we will soon. On lot lower on lot <laughs> trying to help you. A lot lower dosage, the they prove K. amazing for depression, yeah. Yeah. for um, uh, any any kind of addictions. Uh -huh. I mean, they're having cure rates on ketamine in the fifty to sixty percent when a normal addiction clinic is in a single digits. I mean, they're hugely helping people with all right. kinds of depression, COPD. Yeah. It, no, that's something that's very intriguing to me. There's a 100-year-old drug. Basically, if you take it in the right dosage, it has nothing wrong with it, nothing that can hurt you. And they're finding ways that it can remedy all kinds of, of ailments. So I love so that's what sort of – I, I get excited about this kind right. of stuff. But So like as a health guy, I could see you – this is a bad expression, but I can see you going in the Gwyneth Paltrow road early on, where like she's very much about organic stuff that doesn't necessarily have to deal with yeah. the FDA. Just like here's a right. candle that smells like my vagina, and <laughs> um, uh, but but the idea of 
something that actually has to deal with doctors and the FDA, and like that's a lot of layers. It's me. You would, I couldn't see anyone I know in the paddock unless they were like already an MD. If Jim Lowe was doing this, it would make sense to me. Like it, that extra layer of really having to deal with a lot of government yeah. compliance, like. Was there somebody that came to you? Did you partner with somebody on this? Well, I have a, a good friend, like I mentioned, who was a pharmacist who had, had participated in a similar business, but it, a lot's changed in the last seven or eight years. And the picture that he you know, told me about, it was very intriguing from a, a business-based side, from a, uh, a, a care side, you know, to be able to provide maybe meds to patients that maybe wouldn't have a chance to get some of them any other way. But I, it's funny, because for me, now that we've talked all about racing for so long, you know, a lot about, to be honest, as I think about this, I'm not like, saying anything out of the box, but I, sort of the same way that I, I, I went about with the race team, and is the same way I'm going about this, you know, I'm not going to be the medical expert, you know, and, but I'm going to go try to get the best people I can to put right. in the puzzle, right. and it's a lot like trying to run the team from the business side as it is to run this right. from the business so side. Is, so Seven Cells is like the ESM of Florida-based businesses. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully one day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, how did his last deal go south? I'm sorry? How did his last deal go south? I'm sorry. His, so your, your partner, your pharmacist partner, how did yeah. this last deal go south? Uh, they used some outside agencies that had some insurance, probably not quite straight up stuff going on. And, and they just, before it got ugly, they decided they would just disabandon the whole business. Because they've cut, cracked down hard on some of the stuff we've talked about, you know, right. whether it used to be you could pay the pay When they pay say the they've cracked down hard, like the FDA has? The FDA or the DEA or those kind of people. They've okay. really gotten tight. You've got to run a straight ship. So, uh, and a lot of people for a long time have not, and they're still busting clinics. So you, you have no option here but to do so. Right, right. So there's a lot of old companies that have these kind of things yeah. because it's a startup. Yeah. I see. Okay. Um, how was supply for this kind of stuff? Because like ivermectin, well, you yeah, know. you said you had a lot of that. Like, that's hard to come by. So yeah, we like, worked pretty hard to make yeah. sure we had enough before we launched it on the site and continue yeah. to have some relationships that allow us to buy some. Overall, you're not going to add something to the site that you can't get, right? I mean, well, yeah, I, mean, I guess so, that's my question. Like, so, if I order it today, am I going to get it in a couple I mean, we've days? we've had some medications presented to us. Hey, why don't you guys add this? And you do some research, and it's very hard to get. So, you get enough for 100 doses or something, and then you're out. There's really no reason to add a product like that to the website. So, everything else you pretty much can get. So, it's just the prices fluctuate, and it's just playing that game. What If I was going to do a, like a SWOT analysis of where this kind of thing is, like, what are the threats for the company in the future? Um, what are our threats? Uh, I guess competitors, just, you know, yeah, um, yep. uh, changes, uh, a lot of, uh, as you guys touched on, um, legality, uh, as, as far as licensure for states. Mm -hmm. And, uh, for example, we've just gone through a deal, you know, basically we need to be licensed in every state. Our pharmacist has to be licensed almost in every state. You have to have a doctor that's licensed in every state that's writing the prescription okay. for that state okay. or for that patient in that state. So it's really keeping your hands around that, and that's sort of an ever-moving target. Um, so a lot, lot with that. Uh, I just, and then for the rest of it, I really think it's just running a business. And you're talking right. to, doing a good job marketing, trying to find price advantages on both the buy and the sell. You know, how do you make, make yourself look more attractive? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that's exciting. I, I enjoy yeah. that. Yeah. So uh, the business side is what I really get out of this. I think it's cool products, but I let the you know experts handle the product, you know, sure, the medications sure. more than me get involved in that. We've, we've seen this with some of our other guests who are more on the business side of motorsports, where a lot of times when you get in sort of a, I'm going to call this a new industry, so to speak. Yeah. Right, telemedicine right. is very new. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen this with, with loan industries and things like that. When a new business model comes out and it explodes, it's very easy to capitalize you know, be compliant with the government, and then a year later... That's not a thing anymore. No, actually, where I was going with oh. is a couple of years later, 
the media opinion of this kind of business changes, and all of a sudden the government oh, compliance with go. it changes yeah. as well. Yeah. The loan industry, we've seen this sure, especially, right, right, where exactly. people thought they were doing things as they should, and then because there becomes a huge media turnaround against them, right. uh, all of a sudden they get cracked down on for things that they always thought they were compliant. Do you see telemedicine go in this direction? I mean, I, I don't see how it can go anywhere but forward. Could there be certain medications that the, the FDA or someone decides they're not going to be Suddenly that's able to sell yeah, through right, telemedicine? Right, right. Possibly, but then you just got to find another sector to go into. Right. There's so right. many out right. there. Right. So you're not so when you know the when a news agency in a year from now realizes how many folks are selling ivermectin online and they say, holy shit, this is a problem, you don't think that's going to come back to bite you? No. Not going. No. And I don't know, I really, we really don't know the uh, longevity of ivermectin. Look I'm not like, thinking uh, about ivermectin as a product. Just like, I'm speaking just about like something. Yeah, but like look at hydroxychloroquine. Cream. Remember that? That yeah, was what Trump yeah, yeah. took and yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it yeah. supposedly kept him away from uh, COVID and then he yeah. got COVID. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it sort of felt like it ran its course. Right. Yeah. I mean, no one really knows about ivermectin, what kind of run that's going to have. It could mm-hmm. very well end at some point. Or, I mean, now Merck is coming out with their own ivermectin type pill, okay. which is sort of interesting. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and they're actually saying, I mean, there's been a bunch of studies for ivermectin and cancer that supposedly sound very promising. I don't know where that's going yet, but sure. I've, I've read some right. small articles about but, that. So who knows? Right. But very specifically, we'll see that, you know, we have plenty of case studies in, within racing where you almost want to say retroactively the government turns around and they don't necessarily rewrite the rules, but they reinterpret the rules to say what you were doing three years ago, now that the media is now kind of on our case, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to reinterpret the rules that right. you were compliant with three years ago. Uh, th- there's that risk okay. for sure. There is that yeah. risk. I okay. mean, and, and certainly that there can be a lot of changes there, but I think what you, it's, it's, a, it's a business that there's a lot of, you have to be able to pivot quick between popularity of things, desires of things, and of course the regulatory side of things. But there's enough variations out there that I think if you're on top of it, you could pivot to other things pretty quickly. Whether that's sectors, like uh, depression versus uh, sexual stamina, or, or whether that's you know, uh, different variations in, in, in a certain sector even. Okay. So. Do we get employee discounts on Boner Yeah, what's 100%. The, what's the, okay. Yeah. Okay. Can, we, can, can Seven Cells be the official uh, supplement provider? Of dinner with racers, absolutely. Online prescription agency. Done. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Telehealth official yep. provider. All right. Absolutely. Yeah, and we'll be the people that when you call, we answer. Uh, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. hey, it's Sean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, outside of you know, so you have the real estate stuff you're doing with the with the housing. You have the telehealth stuff. Is there any other investment stuff or you know future business? And, you know, entities that you're really excited about or looking forward to? Now I'm like 24-7 on the 7 cells thing. Yeah. So, so this everything is the current, I got. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you one of those race car drivers that the, the current gig is like all you think about and work on? Pretty much. And then when you get to the next thing, it's that, you know? I mean, I always okay. try to think forward. Sure, too, sure, Part sure. of running a business yeah. or part of running your investment. I'm yeah. portfolio. Sharp, I can't fail. <laughs> this is not up with this. I'm just saying. Okay. But uh, I'm having fun with it. So that's what's, that's, that's what's good. So we do a pass along question. Uh, Jack Hewitt. Uh, we sat down with him last night. He's a uh, longtime dirt racer. Uh, ran not- Indy 500 and 98 with you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. he uh, is not shy. Nope. And a very opinionated. We have no idea what the edit will look like. And uh, his question for you, and again, this is from- Oh, he comes up with a question for me? Yep. Oh. Yep. And uh, again, this is not us asking, <laughs> but he said, is it rough trying to be a pretty boy all the time? <laughs> nope. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I like that. I like that. All right. So the only other thing that I can think of is so we, you know, sometimes we'll, uh, you know, every driver, sometimes you come across a driver who, you know, has loyal fans. Mm-hmm. Um, name the fan. 
Okay, we're gonna ask you some questions, and we'll see if like, okay, of the many fans you have, uh-huh. which fan had a career dream to become a volcanologist? Free. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 very good. <laughs> yep. Okay. okay. Um, this fan's favorite hobby is hiking. Is that Brie, too? Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. Okay. I would have okay. said okay. racetracks right. was her right. favorite okay. hobby. Yep. But okay. Yep. Which, of your, which of your fans, their favorite band is Coldplay, and their love of Chris Martin almost rivals Scott Sharp? <laughs> well, I can't say that I know her music taste, but she was a pretty, very supportive fan, so it must be Brie. Man. Huh. Wow. Killing He's it. Killing, killing it so far. Okay. 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 Uh, her boss, Ed Carpenter... <laughs> Oh, that's right. She works for him now. I forgot that. Yeah. Still gives her a hard time for being such a big fan of yours. <laughs> yep. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which fan used to make her own Scott Sharp t-shirts with puffy paint? Wow. No, it got much worse than that. <laughs> she had, I forgot what she called them. She had these little things that come off your head and they like yeah. dingle around. Uh, yeah, yeah, right? little, little yeah. visor things. And she yeah. would give them to everybody and yeah. they were in all different colors yeah. and had always had my f- number but on them. But they were like them. Scott Sharp ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Yeah. nice. Yeah, well, I forget what they're called. My kids like them. Yeah. Uh, what Loves to travel, and especially to the Pacific Northwest. Oh, does she? Yeah. yeah. That uh-huh. is... Must be Brie. Yep. Yeah. Man, you are killing <laughs> okay. it. You are killing this game. And then, does it bother you that Brie might be obsessed with true crime and murder podcasts? Uh, probably wouldn't surprise me. Oh. Okay. Okay. All right. I feel like we've covered this. Yeah, so Brie Rents just <laughs> got her favorite thing ever. Yeah, so yeah. now, so Brie is one of our favorite, genuinely, one of our favorite PR people in the yeah. in the grand scheme of life, but especially for our show, she's been a huge yeah. help. Yeah. Um, We've had a deal with her for like four years, yeah. uh, five years, that yeah. uh, that we had to have you on. Oh. Otherwise, she wouldn't stop goddamn mentioning it. Yeah. Now, we wanted yeah. you on anyway, yeah. oh, okay. yeah, just yeah, to be yeah. very clear. I have to thank Brie, But now, yeah. Yeah, right, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But the only you, helpful PR person that yeah. comes to mind. Can you now ask Brie to leave us alone? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Awesome. All right. So the way we kind of close the show out is legacy. You know, you had tremendous <clears> career across a bunch of different stuff, you know what I mean? Like having the prototype experience and, and wins in that, as well as GT stuff, sports cars, and yeah. obviously IndyCar. And now creating boners around the world. Jeez. <laughs> oh, uh, Here we go. If a, if a fan were to come across this later on, you know, 30, 40 years from now, and didn't really know you from, from when you were racing, what would you hope they took away from this episode about you? Hmm, interesting question. Um, I My appreciation for the opportunities I've had, the enjoyment of doing it, uh, as competitive as I always have been and will be and was, um, just being thankful to not get too caught up in that, you know, to be thankful that you have the opportunity even to begin with. And, um, yeah, I'd say that's probably it. Well, I'd say on that note, Continental's got the check. <laughs> And once again, thank you to Scott Sharp. This will end the official 2021 podcast season. We might have some special editions with some other content coming out next year. Thanks again for all your support, and we will see you in 2022. Have a safe one. Here's Layaway by Chief Keen and T-Shine. Just give me the fat pockets and a fat estate. Let the smoke go in the air and let it fade away. I'ma 
put a billion dollars on lay away. Told the devil catch up that mayonnaise. Got swag, got spots, got jocks, got blocks. Red eye, 12 o'clock, I'm in the sky. Going far, 300 hooches, pink sleeves. Mama told me succeed. Tarzan, I'm climbing trees. They don't want you in double G's. They don't want you in AMG. Mama don't want me in these streets. The hustle don't want me to get no sleep. My bitch don't want me to f up room, man. You to rock bling bling. They don't want you to ride in foreigns. Don't want you to have endorsements. Just give me the fat pockets and the fat estates. Let the smoke go in the air and let it fade away. I'ma put a billion dollars on lay away. Told the devil catch up that mayonnaise. Just give me the fat pockets and the fat estates. Let the smoke go in the air and let it fade away. I'ma put a billion dollars on lay away. I love my nigga, they get rid of you yeah. We them niggas that they living through yeah. Just get feeling, we gon' give it to them Feel like Smokey in the chicken coop Still trapping at the living room Headshot, you get the biggest wound I've been riding in the Phantom Push, can't stand on Know some shooters and some scammers TMZ, I'm on camera And you know I'm with some fine hoes Wonder where the time goes Put that nigga in a blindfold No thing I did the crime for And I had yeah, Diamonds on the floor Breaking down the floor Put up with my bro. She got pink toes. Let's go. She fing up her nose. Let's go. And I got us. Where you wanna go? Just yeah. give me the fat pockets and the fat estates. Let the smoke go in the air and let it fade away. I'ma put a billion dollars on lay away. Told the double catch up that mayonnaise. Just give me the fat pockets and the 